We all have links to Al-Qaeda at noagendashow.com. There's links in the show notes to Al-Qaeda. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Thursday, October 7th, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 241. This is No Agenda. Preparing for the historic 10-10 date with a landing pad construction here at the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California in the morning. I'm Adam Curry. And despite what he said, it's actually October 7th. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. What did I say? October 10th. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Why it says October seventh right here on my cheat sheet? I have no idea why. Yeah, I have swine flu. That's the problem. You've had sw- you say you have every time. Well, you, swine you flu takes a while. It, it takes a while. You said you had the swine flu when it first appeared. I'm telling you that uh, here. You can't get the swine flu stack, twice. No, I've had the. It's it's continuously been. It's been going on for like a week, and I just got an email from Steck. Uh, he says I contracted a flu virus 11 days ago after returning from 10 days in California. Uh, start off with a mild sore throat, which I've had, followed by a day-long severe sore throat, which I have today. Sounds Seemed like to get work. better in two more days. Then came back and whacked me for another week. A lot of fatigue and muscle pain. Since then, I've learned of five other people who have had this in Chai Town who have identical symptoms, uh, which parallel those of flu and perhaps H1N1. I have not been vaccinated. Of course not, Steck. You're a, you're a no-agenda producer. Uh, as of today, after 11 days, the symptoms are all but gone. I, I think I picked this up at, uh, and, and Mickey has a case of it too. I think we picked this up at Universal Studios when we went to that uh, Halloween Fright Night thing, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, well, are you kidding me? You're walking around 8 million people and you're going through those mazes which are filled with burlap bags and, and crap that you touch? Yeah, of course. That's where I picked it up. No doubt about it. Sounds like a cold. <laughs> question a culinary question for you john sure i uh we've been eating this cheese lately which we really like um and i heard something disturbing about it and i wanted to verify this with you to see if it's true this is a drunken goat cheese are you familiar with drunken goat cheese it's a uh, brand name as far as i know no it's i don't think so we we buy it at whole foods and it comes um you know packaged as like a, you know, what do you call it? A kind of like a, a gourmet, a, a gourmet slice, you know, wrapped in its own cellophane and stuff. Yeah. Uh, someone told me that they actually make the goat drunk before they milk it to make the cheese. Seems unlikely. <laughs> it tastes kind of alcoholic, I have to say. Well, yeah, if somebody suggests it. But do you think that that could be true? I mean, could, could Drunken that... goat is soaked in red wine for two to three days, giving the outside of the cheese a thin purple rind. The rind right, typically yeah. remains fairly soft. Yes, it does. It's a Spanish cheese. So it's not true that they uh, they feed the goat alcohol before uh, before milking it. No, it appears to be a cheese that's uh, like a lot of a lot of uh, cheeses have been cured with wine. I mean, Stilton. Uh, is gen- is a lot of the times is ported. They 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 inject the Stilton cheese with with injections of port wine, mm-hmm. and it gives the wine it gives the wine it gives the cheese a little uh, <coughs> uh, interesting taste. Yeah, that's what it's got to be. 
Well, maybe we should try it then. See. I think somebody's BSing you. And you <laughs> yeah. they say, hey, I got one. Let's try this. See if he buys into this. Well, actually, they told... goat. Here, goat. <laughs> <laughs> actually, they told Mickey this, and I was ready to believe it. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it makes nothing but sense. A bunch of drunken goats trying to... Hey, what are you doing back there, buddy? I'm milking the goat after I just gave him some booze. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, in the morning to you, John, in the morning to all ships at sea, and in the morning to all the human resources in the chat room at noagendachat.net. Uh, we, we, we joke about the human resources, um, but uh, I got a, a little video clip from um, uh, one of our producers in Gitmo Nation East, uh, Justin to be exact, at the uh, train stations, now, of course, it makes no sense for me to play the video for you, but at the train stations now, there are government workers walking around with uh, red uh, emergency jackets, you know, kind of like normally they're not, then I call them emergency jackets. What are they called? You know, just so, so that you, you know, the reflective jackets. Yeah, jackets. And on the back, it says in big, bold letters, resource. I'm like, Wow resource yeah. really yeah <coughs> so those people are resources wow. but, but notice they're not even human resources they're just a resource and so that's the uh that's the new uh the new way of identifying the uh the government gitmo slaves in the gitmo nation east is they wear the red reflector jacket which says resource on the back you're a resource hmm. interesting mm-hmm yeah, he, he, he emailed me about it. I said, dude, get me some video. And he's like creeping. He did something really dangerous. He crept up on one of those guys videotaping from behind. Like, that is not a good idea. Not in the UK. <laughs> you don't want to be doing that. So, uh, apparently there's a lot of news this week. Oh, boy. I had 165 different stories tagged in my system. And uh, got up again at five thirty this morning, despite having swine flu. And uh, and well, let's just... go over the swine flu thing again, because apparently Eric just sent me a note that uh, one of his kids, Evan, has this ailment, which means everybody in uh, Washington yeah, will it's, have it's, it. It's a sore throat. I actually have a little bit of a. I went to the doctor yesterday, and I don't really go to the doctor. I have uh, my left eye is somewhat infected. Your left eye is infected. Yeah, it's thick. Where are you sticking it? <laughs> in other people's business. <laughs> Where it doesn't belong, clearly. So, yeah. So, your so left eye's infected. Well, then you can just get a little ointment for that. Yeah, well, no, he he gave me some kind of drops, some kind of... Yeah, those drops are no good. The, the, the gooey stuff Let me bad. tell you about those drops, because you know that uh, at, at Mevia, we just got a new health plan? Yeah. So, we don't have our cards yet, right? Yeah. So uh, now you'd think it's in the system somewhere. Oh no, no. Sorry, Mister Curry. You're should uh, be. Oh no, it's not. Sorry, Mister Curry. Your uh, insurance expired on uh, September thirtieth. Yeah, but we have a new one as of October first. Like a million back and forth calls. It's not in the database, and the you know. So eventually, oh, well, maybe, maybe, huh? I, well, eventually, our I guess our insurance broker had to call the doctor. The doctor accepted it because, you know, we're, we're patients there. I said, okay, well, we, we trust you. Well, gee, thanks. But then I had to go to the pharmacy for these drops, which is the teeniest little bottle, and, of course, went through the exact same thing. The pharmacy is not going to trust me. And, yeah, they don't uh, care. I'll tell you what it is. It's uh, Tobramycin and Dexamethasone. Mm. 
Ophthalmolic Suspension, USP, yeah. <laughs> right from Bausch and Lomb. And uh, and so it's like a, it's a little bottle. I mean, it's uh, it fits between my thumb and forefinger easily. So I had to pay for that, and I can go and get the money from the insurance later. I guess eighty nine bucks, eighty nine bucks. That's a, that's an outrage. It's a, no, I I've noticed there's a lot of drugs that uh, uh, you would there these drugs that they'd be like forty dollars. Let's say I'm just hypothetically forty dollars, or let's say you know more, but let's say forty dollars. There were forty dollars before Obamacare went in, and then you go back to get them renewed. I mean, you still pay the ten dollars or whatever. Oh, your, I didn't uh, even t- I didn't even tell you. And the, then it, yeah, you got to compare the old prices to what they've been over the last six months. They've all doubled. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I haven't even told you the best part. You know, so we, we had this new uh, health plan at the office. Now, we're a small business. You know, we got like 30 people. We're not a huge company. Uh, so first of all, premiums are up. Yep, the premiums are up. No problem there. And uh, the company's just eating it, I guess, most of that, instead of passing it on to the human resources. Um, and so now Christina's here, so I want to put her on my, uh, under my coverage. So, well, of course, luckily, I can do that until she's 26. Although, yeah, I'm sorry. She's not a student, so no dental health care for you. No, we're not going to do that. Oh, and, yeah, since she uh, was in the U.K., you know, that really doesn't qualify as yeah, official you, health insurance. you mentioned insurance. this on the last show. No, I didn't. I mentioned it outside the show. We did. I don't, did? Think, I don't think we brought it up on the show. No, I don't huh. think we did. You mean you and I actually talked? Yeah, it was a mistake. Because now we're confused, but I don't no, think... No, see, I, this is the point that I've always made about free interviews, but yeah, anyway, go on. Yeah, so I don't think we brought it up on the show. Whatever, it's still a good story. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, you know, since she wasn't insured with an American insurer, you know, if she has anything really bad happen in the first six months, then they're not going to cover it because that would be pre-existing condition. I'm like, wait a minute, isn't the whole point of this, of this Obamacare to get rid of the pre-existing condition? It, it, yeah, sure, it may not uh, go into the system until 2014, but everyone's talking about it like it's happening right now, and the fact is it's not. It's just not. It's a lie. Lies. And so then her, her knee popped out. Her knee popped out? Yeah, she, she dislocated her knee when she was 15, and this has been an ongoing problem. And her knee popped out um, two ow. days ago. Oh, yeah, big ow. So, and, and, you know, the doctor said, well, we really should do an MRI because if, if you have a torn meniscus, then we can fix it and then it'll be good forever. But we have to be able to look at it. And I'm pretty, pretty convinced that the insurance is going to make me pay for the MRI. And what's an this MRI these really days? Really expensive. 500 bucks, 600 bucks minimum. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Great. And I'm, I joke with all these doctors and pharmacists, on the, you know, and I always say, oh, this is Obamacare. And they always say, yeah, it really sucks. They all say it. <laughs> the doctors themselves, they're, they're, they're all like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's lame. You know, yeah, the insurance companies version of that. gouging. Yeah, they, uh, they all know it. Anyway. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, so let's name a few executive producers today. We have quite a few, actually. And um, Now, this is because we have started our... 10, 10, 10 promotion for the promotion. super karma, which happens once in, what is it, 800 years? Uh, it's, and, a lot, it's rare. Yeah. It'll, it'll, once it'll, every, what, 10? Yeah, it'll, it'll be this 10. Sunday. will be 10, 10, 10. We have a special uh, super karma promotion drive going. By the way, in addition to 10, 10, 10 being binary for number 42, which, of course, is the answer to all questions in the universe and beyond, 
and is a very magical number. There are also five Fridays in October and five Saturdays in October, which is another very strange, That's very, very rare occurrence. Yeah, this is uh, it's going to be a great month. <laughs> well, so it starts off you, great. It started off terrible. <laughs> it's starting off great. I need some karma. You're sick. <laughs> your, sick. your daughter's knee is gone, and oh my god. Yeah, it's, it's really bad. And, <laughs> yeah, great month. No, I'll I'm tell you. I'll, to I'll tell you. We got really bad news this morning. Horrible news. Right. Um, well, a, uh, a very famous actor in Gitmo Nation Lowlands, who Mickey has uh, uh, worked with, and actually one of the few guys who really was a good guy, a great actor and very spiritual guy, committed suicide. And the whole country is paralyzed by it. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's very disturbing. Very well, disturbing. Who, who was this? Anthony Kamerling. Mm. Yeah. No, it, it does. It, I mean, anyone in Hong every, every Wow. I don't know. This is the thing. It's like, you know, and of course, there's no information on how or what or note or anything like that but the whole country is paralyzed by it and uh, and mickey's upset and and understandably so it's like she knew this guy she worked she they were on the same uh, show together did you ever have to kiss him no okay so uh okay well let's uh, get a few so so, yeah october great karma month everybody we're (laughs) rocking it yay well uh it's good for the numbers we have uh one, two, three, four, five, actually, uh, people who, um, who, uh, g- who are on the 10, 10, 10 uh, knighthood bandwagon, which is a, uh, just a short-term thing we're going to do here. for. Well, the 10, yes, 10, 10, 10 we're only going to do it once in our lifetimes, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that, by the way, the 10, 10, 10 knighthood is a- after midnight on 10, 10 day, there's anyone who you're not get there's going to be a little list of knights in the 10 10 10 uh um honor roll uh that's not doesn't happen after midnight pacific time and that'll be at anyway, noagendashow.com this uh, the 10 10 10 honor roll yeah it will be okay. as soon as we get the last ones in but okay. anyway uh, it, we, we have to have our we have to have a page of knights we we need to do that Definitely. we're just gonna have them separate because you have order of the mint the regular knights and then the 10 10 10 knights and um we have stephen pelsmacher who has given us uh, apparently two? Although I want to check on this because every time I see duplicate, uh, well, Eric Eric says it's correct, and, yeah, and Steve, but even if, but even if it was one, Stephen Pelsmacher's is our top patron has supported the show more than anybody. It's, I, I don't think the guy is rich. I I, I know what he, I I can't disclose what he does. You know, he's a he's a knight, so we do have. Uh, uh, protection for some of the things for some of our nights because we have to so i can't tell you what he does but it's not in a high paying job you know but this guy has been supporting us you know just above and beyond way yes. above and beyond it's, it, just, it's 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 uh absolutely fantastic and uh he also he took two knighthoods out two double t- uh, 10 10 10 triple 10 knighthoods triple 10 and uh he uh, gave one to his uh, son, Nicholas. Right. Uh, pronounced the French way, not the English way. Nicola. I guess. Ni- Nicola. Nicola. Uh, keep up the good work, gentlemen. Looking forward to the ten, ten, ten edition. We have to do something special. Uh, yeah, David like, Hoff- I'll, I'll go to Belgium and blow him. That was my, my idea. It's like, please. <laughs> hey, Stephen, how are you? And no problem. <laughs> this guy deserves it, without no. a doubt. 
I think he'd probably prefer getting a uh, some of these uh, something better looking. Uh, David Wait a Hoffman. minute, oh, stop! Wait a minute, better looking. I'm good looking. Uh, oh, you got the hair. Uh, <laughs> David Hoffman, Enola, Pennsylvania, also joined the Triple Ten Club. Uh, Michael Zelina from Lakewood, Ohio, the Triple Ten Club, and uh, John Weaver. Uh, Took out a knighthood, then sent another ten dollars and ten cents in, saying, "Hey, hey, hey, wait a minute! I wanted to be in <laughs> yeah, the." Yeah, uh... that was good. That was a good one. Yeah, <laughs> he's, I like a, that. he's a USC professor, actually. Really? Uh, it's the uh, well, or formerly, or he's got something to do with him. He, but he he actually requested a deep douching and, and a deep uh, douching he, or a de douching. Which he which... says a, he says a deep de douching. You've, You've been, been deep douched. Ooh. Uh, oh yeah, I, I did. With you saying it, that would be the the, the deep. That, that's the deep douche when I when I lip sync along with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, in the executive produ- producing area, we have. Uh, and by the way, each one of these gentlemen will get a uh, an, ex- an standalone executive producer title on five consecutive different shows. In other words, uh, Pelsmacher this week week on uh, on the. Uh, Sunday show, Pelsmacher again, and then David, and then Michael, and then John. Because I want these standalone executive producer things to be standalone. I don't want them to be all bunched right, up. Right, but we are them. putting them in today as executive producers for this show as well, right? Uh, yeah. We might as well. We, I okay. mean, come on, please. All right, then yeah. we'll put them as, right. But then we'll, just, we'll, we'll, we'll do each one with individually. The, with the rest of the group, which is Tanya Wyman. Uh, now, Dane, is she associate or a full, full-blown? She's an executive producer. Okay. And, uh, Dame Tanya, by the way. Tanya, Dame Tanya, greetings from Get One Nation Shattered. <laughs> uh, I turned 40 on October 6th. Holy crap, she says. So as a birthday present to myself, I'm donating $400 to keep my favorite show on the air. You guys and all the fellow producers rock. Yeah, we're going to do a birthday shout-out for her later. Catherine Gerard in Parump, Nevada, which is notorious as a town. Uh, this completes Ra- Randy Carlson's knighthood when added to the 61765. Thanks for promoting my husband to knighthood. Uh, thanks from the land of hooker and hookers and blow. Yeah. And we'll have to make sure that uh, Randy, uh, Randy will get uh, <coughs> knighted. Mentioned. He'll be knighted. And we have a lot of knights today. So it's weird. We'll get none, and then now we get six, seven. Well, it Thomas, evens out. N- Thomas Nussbaum in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, three thirty-seven, eighty-eight. Yeah, Randy Carlson and oh, Randy Carlson and Paul Rum. Oh, this is another one. This is on behalf of Catherine Gerard. These two uh, from the land of hookers and blow. That is, in fact, Paul Rump, Nevada, is the land of hookers and blow. And why is that? And how do you determine it is? It's right. You know, the, the you know Nevada is 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 uh, prostitution is oh, legal. Right. Is this the Bunny Ranch territory? Is that where it is? I don't know. No, I think the Bunny Ranch is. In so, another. what do these people do there? What kind of uh, vocation do they? Uh, oh, it's just a regular town. I mean, they, I don't know. <laughs> Well, I don't think they got anything to do with the hooker trade. <laughs> they, well, they might be pimping. I don't know. It's cool. We got to go visit uh, Parump, Parumpumpum, Nevada. Uh, Samuel Samuel Vanderplunk in Schaerbeck, Brussels, Vanderplunk. He's now a knight. Wow. Three thirty-three thirty-three. He wants a ring size in size seven. Okay. To a. Dr- okay. Anyway. Uh, Charles Jordan, Jordan, Sir Charles, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, probably pronounced Jordan, Charles Jordan. Uh, Second donation towards knighthood to join my wife, Dame Carol. By the way, she's a size six. (laughs) 
We, by the way, this is the we, we we are getting the rings out as soon as we get everybody's sizes. And if you don't have, if you don't give us a size uh, upon uh, when we request it a couple of times, you will either get a ten if you're a man or a seven if you're a woman. Those are the standard sizes I've been led to believe. Uh, anyway, Larry Lee in Granite Shoals, Texas, three thirty three thirty three. Ed, he's got a little note here. Everybody should be a soldier. No gender. Okay, he needs some karma. He's got it. Sander uh, Hoxbergen. You have a better pronunciation. Hoxbergen. Hoxbergen in Zandam. 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 Uh, knighthood donation. Please, uh, ring size 12. Donations. And he has his little... Uh, his. Uh, Accounting, and that's the executive producer. Oh, I'm sorry, he's the associate executive producer. So we got one associate oh, executive one exo- producer okay. and quite this. a few uh, uh, executive producers and one standalone. And then there'll be another standalone for the next five shows. Yeah, hold on a second, John. I'm just uh, once again. Uh, it's amazing, but we've you know we had the uh, we had the stream. You know, works perfectly every single day. It's it's going nonstop, and then we hop on the show for the on Sunday show. This happened, and it's happening again today, where the stream just magically goes away. Yeah, and I am I have to say I'm getting a little suspicious of it. Well, you know, Eric wants to set up an alternative stream. It's just going to cost us some. He thinks he can do it cheaper. Well, yeah, <laughs> cheaper would be nice. That's for sure. Uh, and uh, it's just a matter, and I, so I figured we could probably f- let them tr- give it a shot. Uh, well, we can, it's not just about the it's not just about the cheaper part. It's just about something that'll actually work and will stay up. That that's all that that's all that I'm looking for. Yeah, well, that would be nice. Yeah, you because know, since the, it goes fine all week, but you know, then it gets hit with a few extra people, and the next thing you know, it's down. I don't understand it. I it, it it's it's very concerning to me because it, it doesn't seem it seems to be a network thing. It's not necessarily you know we're connected. Uh, the stream is going out. It's being received in some parts of Gitmo Nation, but most parts it just goes down. Yeah, pisses me off. Okay, so um, we've got quite a list there. A couple of uh, PR mentions. Um, right. Just in time for ten ten ten, we have our. 10, 10, 10 meetups. There are a number of meetups uh, which are which are listed at meetup.com slash naggers, uh, N-A-G-G-E-R-S. So you really must take a look at this because a lot of people are going to be getting together on 10, 10, 10, uh, presumably to, to listen to the show, but maybe just to hang out and have a beer and chat. So uh, I'll list that again. I'll actually I'll put it under the PR mentions today in the show notes at noagendashow.com. Make sure you um, make sure you check that out. Then we have, uh, I think the uh, the noagendafans.com, the uh, 42 coins are all sold out, the challenge coins. However, there still are some uh, No Agenda 10, 10, 10 Super Karma pins available from the uh, uh, the Super Karma package. And there's uh, if you go to noagendasuperkarma.com, there are some outstanding pictures. <laughs> and these are very trippy. They're very... Uh, I don't know, kind of like seventies retro. It's uh, I like the Ninja Star ones. Have you seen this, John? Have you looked at No, no Agenda Super? A... It's NoAgendaSuperKarma dot com. And uh, <laughs> if you look at the the pin, they're actually they're they're so 
70s, they're cool again. I kind of like it. Let's take a look. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. No, I remember these. It's yeah, cool, they're right? pretty funny. Yeah, they're yeah cool. actually, I like the uh, the real 70s looking ones, the uh, the 42 Super Karma pin that's on the top left. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, they're really it's cool. Very looking. 70s. It's very late 60s, uh, early 70s. Almost. But mostly 70s. Just give me a second here, John. Just let me uh, let me just kick the server. Let me give it one try. Okay, it's worth one try. Hold on. Uh, I'm getting a bunch of complaints. No agenda live stream down. Well, duh. But it's not like we don't know it. You know, it's like of course we we know this is happening. Let me kick the server. See if it does anything for us. There's actually a button that says kick. I mean, what kind of technology is that where you have to kick a surface? <laughs> you can, it's a start, stop, restart, or kick. It's like, I don't know. It's a throwback to the 50s in your television. All right, we'll, uh, we'll, let the, uh, we'll let the chat room see if they can uh, figure that one out, if it's working or not. I, I've kicked it, okay? Whatever that means, I've kicked it, so that should be working. Um, okay, let me just see where we are here. See, the, the thing I hate about this, about not having, of course, we can't have an engineer. We can't have a, uh, we just what, can't. What difference would it make? You're as good an engineer as anybody. Well, no, yeah, but it's like, I'm concentrating on engineering stuff at the same time while, you know, while like, you know, doing the show. It's it's rather complicated. Yeah, I guess. So anyway, we want to thank Stephen, or Stephen Pelsmachers, David Hoffman, Michael Zelina, John Weaver, Tanya Wyman, Catherine Girard, Thomas Nussbaum, Samuel van der Plunk, Charles Jordan, Larry Lee as our executive producers. Uh, so we've got a lot of special things happening for you guys, including a special page for those of you who are 10-10-10, triple uh, 10 nights. Um, and uh, you will also receive uh, separate executive producer credits. I'm sure that our executive producers will be zero for the next coming days. <laughs> so that'll be uh, pretty well, easy. Well, we still have the promotion out, and it is ten 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 day actually coming. So maybe that's we'll true. Be lucky. That's true. Well, I sure. Well, I hope. I'm hoping for some luck for ten ten ten. And then, of course, yeah, everybody's <laughs> sick. Yeah, the stream has been down every time we've broadcast in October. Yeah. So, <laughs> so maybe we should just get through the month. Yeah, we've we got to get it over <laughs> yeah. with already. And our associate executive producer, Sander Hoxberg, and of course, everybody else out there within the sound of my voice who can hear the stream propagate it. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Shut up, Slay. So, uh... I will, little- me- I will mention, by the way, that World Vegan Day is coming up on November 1st. And, uh... By mentioning this, I am now officially a No Agenda Green Beret of the No Agenda Vegan Unit. Yeah. <laughs> get a Green Beret out of the deal. I, I should. I, I sure hope I do. So I want to talk about a little business, like, uh, <coughs> No Agenda business here before we go on with the show. Which is, uh, you know, we did that third show that one time. Yes, uh, uh, show 200. 
Yeah, show 200 point something. Point five. Point five. Point eight. Point five. 200.5. I think we we do have, even though we have a good turnout this week, we generally, I'm looking at the numbers uh, when I do uh, the direct mail. I sent a direct mail out for people who out there who didn't open it, um, talking about 10-10 day and 42 and uh, but what I was noticing the numbers we what we really need from people is to get more listeners. Yes. And I've talked to a number of people who try you know they say well they've listened to the show and I don't know and they they won't get you know we have a long lead in we, we our show really doesn't begin with all the really good stuff till about 20 30 minutes into it maybe sometimes longer. And we have a lot of good stuff throughout the show and I'm thinking what we should do to you and I we should do an introduction show that discusses all of our memes, everything we, we discuss, what our basic tenets are and how we do the show, how the show is similar to the, the, the third show. Cause that was kind of an explanatory show, mm-hmm. but it wasn't done. It was done for the audience that we already have. It wasn't done for newbies. In other words, a primer for the no agenda <laughs> primer, primer or a primer well what <laughs> well you call it actually either one primer tends always sounds to me like something you'd, you'd throw on to, to light a fuse uh primer i think is the word that i'm i think it is what i'm referring to but anyway uh a no agenda primer or primer mm-hmm. uh that that's a short been like an so it'd be like a 45 minute show that we would do, and it would be available for because people I know a lot of our listeners go, "Hey, Bill, you should listen to this show. It's really good." And the, you know, because I always say we want to convert, we don't want to convert new people. We want to convert the people who are already. Oh, lovely! We're doing great here. They either can't get through the beginning because we have, we have you know we we talk about stuff other than the you know the the, the meat. And I think it'd be nice to have to say, well, here, go listen to this. And once you hear this, so in other words, it'd be like a 45 minute sales pitch for the show that you and I would do. I, I think 45 minutes is too long. I think it, 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 you have to be able to hit people in the mouth really quickly. Okay. If you think you can do it shorter, I'm of the opinion that you can't stop talking for 45 minutes, but, but I'm, <laughs> I could be wrong. <laughs> well, uh, it's probably a good idea. Maybe we should have our producers let us know what they think will work because we're, you know, we're so into it that I don't think we realize what does and doesn't work. I, I, right, and I also think they should give us the memes because a lot of them we've forgotten. Uh, you know, we talk about certain things. We, we make it thematic for a while, and then we move on to new new material. Right. And I think a lot of people might have been impressed with something or what got them into the show. Just any kind of suggestion, uh, and we'll we'll incorporate it. And then we'll then they, then when they try to turn somebody on the show, they don't have to turn them onto a, a a show that has all this you know jabber on it, mm-hmm. but a show that really teaches people what the show is about. Then they it gives them a head start because like a lot of people say, so you have to listen to the show two or three times before you get into it. This this would eliminate that problem. That's yeah, okay, that's a good idea. I think. Uh, th- well, f- first of all, considering uh, the uh, the kindness um, of our uh, producers and Triple Ten Nights this week, I think we can absolutely um, spend a little bit of extra time uh, doing that, and I think we should. We we owe it to our to our producers. All right. Good. Before you start off, I just wanted to play a little clip, John, just something that uh, that popped up on the radar screen that uh, came from Gitmo Nation Lowlands. It's a viral video. I'm going to play you the audio. This is a, uh, I think it's in Florida. This is a cop pulling a German tourist over who's in a, a rental car. <laughs> 
And I want you to listen to this because we might, we might even want to put this in our primer so that people know uh, why we do the. One of the reasons we do this show is to stop insanity like this. Stop you for your speed. License, registration, insurance. Sure. It's a rental car. Then registration and a rental agreement. So I already like this. It's a rental car. Registration and rental agreement. That's the rental agreement? Where are you from? Germany. You Do you know what the speed limit is here, you Germany boy? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know what? What? The, you know what the speed limit is here, Germany boy? <laughs> what? <laughs> it gets better. Where was this? I think it was... Uh, let me just double check. Uh, I think it was... Let's see, they only have the video on this. It doesn't. Boy, the U.S. Department, Chamber of Commerce Department, uh, the U.S. Department, uh, sorry, yes. U.S. Chamber of Commerce should be all over this. We have a huge tourist business in this country. We have the the exchange rate that's amenable to foreign tourism, and for some asshole, it gets like better. Guy, <laughs> it gets better. It gets better. <laughs> so I'll just back that up because that's such a funny one. You know what the speed limit is here, Germany boy? You, you know what the speed limit is here, you Germany boy? Um. I didn't really get it yet. And why are you driving in my country? <laughs> what? <laughs> why are you driving in my country, Germany this boy? Be, this is bogus. No, 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 no. This is a hidden video. The guy is shooting it from his lap. This is not bogus, John. This is not bogus. Seriously, it's not. I mean, I'll show you the video. It's not bogus. This is real. You see the trooper. You see him. All right, here we go. Um... Why are you driving if you're not paying attention to the speed limit? Is it 70? It's 70 miles an hour. Then why are you going 98? Now, now, I have to say, dumb, all right? 98. All right, don't be going... He's on the use of the Autobahn. Well, this comes up in the conversation. Following another... Don't follow any other cars. And let me give you a little hint. You weren't following nobody. Okay. I was right in front of you. You were leading the pack. This ain't the Autobahn. This ain't the Autobahn, Germany boy. Well, at least he knows about the Autobahn. So what do we do to these uh, to Germany boys, John? Can you guess what we do to Germany boys who drive 98 in my country? Do you know? We throw them in jail. Oh, it gets better. We don't just throw them in jail, boy. You Germany boy, we have ways, Germany boy. Do you understand that? I got that, sir. You know what happens to nice little boys like you that have to go to jail for reckless driving? Ass to be hurting for a month. <laughs> What? Your ass would be hurting for a month. Your ass. That's your rectum. Your ass would be hurting for a month, Germany boy. I'm telling you, this has got to be some... This it's is not fake. It's not fake, John. It's not fake. Well, then where's it from? Just let me finish the clip. 7377, Barstow. I suggest you slow down and do 70. Or you will get violated. <laughs> you will get violated. Wait, there's more. Oh, I guess that's it. He walks away. So he doesn't give him a ticket, but he gives them a talking to, I'd say. He doesn't give him a ticket? No, no, no ticket. The guy was doing 98? He doesn't get a ticket. Why didn't he just walk over there, write out a 98-mile-an-hour ticket, and <laughs> shut up? <laughs> well, because he felt really powerful by telling Germany boy that he's going to get ass-raped. If he gets caught again, because that's what we do to Germany boys over here. That's right. Hey, you damn Germany boys. Don't be speeding in my country. Wow. <laughs> 
So that's that, uh, that's the kind of professionalism we have with some police people. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? it I think it's Florida. Um, it just it would make sense that it was Florida because that's where all the Germans go. Yeah. I don't know why they. I mean, they like the weather. I guess. I mean, if you've never been, if if you're a European, <laughs> if you're seriously, if you're a European, I mean, I love Florida. Yeah. If, the weird thing about Florida, Florida is like a writer's paradise. Most most professional writers that write, move, especially move long Florida. formats. Yeah. Move, most move. of the detective or story writers and all those people, they all live in Florida, or some of them in Mississippi. And Florida, of all the places I've ever been, is the easiest place to write in, and I can't tell you why. I mean, you just feel like writing when you're there. Hmm. And, I mean, other places I've been to, like Denver, you don't feel like doing anything. But in Florida, you really feel like writing. And all the writers flock down there. And the weather is so odd and weird that uh, you end up with, uh, you know, Germans, apparently, they go there. And they just is like some sort of a weird paradise to them because there's nothing in Europe like this. Anyway. Well, well, Germany boy. Germany boy. Germany boy. I'm telling you, Germany boy. He lets the guy go. Germany boy. Well, that's the good part. So that, but that kind of is, that's kind of our American hospitality where we won't give you a ticket, but we're going to, you, you know, threat, to threaten to us. You got to listen to us blow hard. <laughs> yeah, really, we're going to threaten you with anal rape. <laughs> hey, Germany boy. Now, if you were in Denver, of course, uh, you'd be uh, near Gitmo Nation Central where the, the new government will be after everything comes crashing down. And there's been nothing but Gitmo jewelry in the news, John. Nothing but Gitmo jewelry everywhere. It's, it's, now, it's now over the top. Completely over the top. Um, first of all, there was a, a, a great, our, our favorite company, BI Incorporated, which if we could invest in it, if we had the money, would be great. Um, this is a fantastic story. It says a company, but of course we know it's BI. It actually says uh, BI Incorporated uh, that provides electronic monitoring to track sex offenders, parolees, and others. Yeah, slaves. Said its system shut down after unexpectedly hitting its data storage limit, leaving authorities across 49 states unaware of offenders' movements for about 12 hours. Wow. Yeah, this is, um, this is, uh, this is what Stuxnet should be doing. Prisons and other corrections agencies were blocked from getting notifications on about 16,000 people being tracked, said BI Incorporated spokesman. So this piece of crap technology doesn't even work. Well, wait until you find out what happened. And by the way, the BI Incorporated spokesman's name is Jock Waldo. <laughs> is that what? an alias or what? I love the name. <laughs> yeah, Jock Waldo I'm here. I'm from Pensacola, Florida. Jock Waldo. It's like a DJ name. Hey, everybody, Jack Waldo in the morning. How you doing? I'm your BI Incorporated spokesperson. Let me tell you, we had a horrible problem. The system operated by the Boulder, Colorado-based company reached its data threshold. More than 2 billion records on Tuesday. So I, I'd love for our no-agenda militia sysadmins to uh, give me the, the data. On what kind of database taps out at 2 billion records? <laughs> Probably. I don't know. It's interesting, right? I mean, it's two, yeah, first of all, no, two this, well, billion it records. Data, I think it was the, you sure it was the database or the storage? Well, it, uh, let me see. Um, I mean, I can see the storage, you know, being full, you know, hard disk full because you need buffers and all the rest of it. And it gets to some point, it goes, oh, my God. No, it's, I no can't it, says, do it's, it says here. Um, Along with uh, so blah, 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 before the shutdown, the company's database could hold 2.1 billion records, such as GPS addresses or an alcohol reading, said Jack, Jack Waldo, 
company workers weren't aware of how quickly the database was filling up before it exceeded its limit. So the database, he's saying the database had... That's bull crap. Uh, apparently, according to the chat room, um, <laughs> they're saying these guys should get off my 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 sequel. <laughs> yeah, so that was a joke I was thinking of too. <laughs> stop, stop using my sequel and PHP. Um, the, the company said it spent Tuesday expanding the threshold to more than a trillion records. Jo- yeah, this is this this is a hard disk. They they just didn't have enough uh, hard disk capacity. This guy just didn't know what he's talking about. Oh well, here's the official statement. Due to a system failure beyond our control, we faced a challenging and unprecedented event for our electronic monitoring center. 49 states. Att- which state doesn't have it, I wonder? Which, which is the lone state that is not uh, a client of BI Incorporated? Ooh. Yeah, there's one state. We need out. to find that and, out. And, and, that's and move the state there. We should <laughs> We should move there. So, you know, it's just, it's amazing because these... It, it, Especially if you read, if you read carefully, you know. So the company provides monitoring to track sex offenders, parolees, and others. And I wonder what the "and others" is. You know, you, you got to kind of wonder about that. Anyway, here's a, a brief uh, Gitmo Nation jewelry update, and this is from Orlando, Florida. Daytona Beach police keep catching young criminals stealing cars, but as soon as they're released from juvenile detention, they steal again. Now, Channel 9's Jeff Deal found out about new devices that could stop their crimes. Jeff? Vanessa, we're talking about an ankle monitoring device, and it would be used just similar to the device for GPS that would you would find in your car. It would be for juveniles who are already sentenced, and they would either have to stay locked up here at the Department of Juvenile Justice for a longer time or be trusted to be on home confinement. Ah, this is what it's all about. It's, it's much more humane to trust them to home confinement. This is great. We don't want to lock them up. No, we can make more, more money off of them. Uh, when we just strap a bracelet on them. And it's a fine-looking bracelet as well. You've seen the video, young car thieves caught in the act, captured in bait cars. It's no secret Daytona Beach police have been fighting a war on the streets to stop juvenile crime. No secret. assault. Could be burglary, could be robbery, could be drug sales. Chief Mike Chitwood says the problem is so bad the department is turning to GPS ankle monitors to try to slow the juveniles down. The new program is a partnership between police and the Department of Juvenile Justice to track juveniles considered moderate or high risk by the courts, likely those who have been constantly committing crimes, getting out, and committing more crimes. You see the same kids and the same names. There's probably about a dozen of them. A dozen of them. John, this is such a huge problem. There's a dozen of them. We Holy cannot crap. contain a dozen of them. There's, this is, this a, is a, a problem that's insurmountable. A dozen the of 12. them. A dozen of them. What are we going to do? By the way, the whole video is so cool. It's all black kids and white cops. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like couldn't be any more obvious. Over and over and over uh-huh. again. The ankle monitors send a signal back to those at the computer every 10 seconds. They can then take that information and send it to officers in the field who can then use it to track down the juveniles at any location. If the young offenders stray outside their permitted zone, an alert is sent to all the agencies letting them know the young beep, criminal beep, beep, is beep, in beep, violation. All 12 be, of them. You know, violating your privacy. Oh. Oh. You know, they're going, kind of going overboard. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then let's bring in the black guy who sounds dumb. Yeah, we have to do. You know, somebody once pointed out to me, some a Texas uh, citizen said, uh, you know, they, every time they do a news story, if it's in Texas, they look around to find the dumbest guy they can find and then have him come on this camp. And, and, and please way, make is, him black. Make him black. Make him black. It's even better. And then make him talk black. black. dumb guy. Yeah. 
because that is that because you know why that's entertainment ladies and gentlemen. oh yes and hey there's uh, there's invading my privacy and stuff like that that's not that's wrong this makes people who actually have an intelligent comment it it completely diminishes you into idiocy okay that's that's why this is being done let's hear this fine upstanding citizen again who is being used uh uh to make us all sound stupid. Well, is in violation. They could be, you know, violating your privacy. You know, they're going, kind of going overboard with that. Angela Gordon is leery the program could go too far, but does agree it's a good idea for violent criminals. Five other people... We Which we don't hear him say. ...we spoke with today said it was definitely a good idea to try... And we spoke to five other people. Good idea is a good idea. Where are these five people? We didn't hear him talk. ...to stop the rampant crime. The mission is to reduce crime. That's what the mission is. We did a lot of investigating re reporting there. We spoke to five other people, and they all said it was great. It's great. Now, what is the, uh, the, the weakness in this system, John, in these uh, Gitmo Nation jewelry bracelets? What is the weakness? What do you think? Could, what could the weakness be? Well, besides the fact that it doesn't work, apparently, uh, you tell me. Uh, a pair of scissors? Maybe that would be the weakness? Just a pair of scissors to just, like, cut it off? I thought there was, a, it was designed so you couldn't do that. Well, let's listen to this report from Portland. Good evening. Thanks for joining us. I'm Shauna Parsons. Wayne has the night off. Oh. First on Fox tonight. Oh, I'm so sorry. Wayne is gone. Well, oh, Wayne's not on. No, Wayne. This, so this sucks anyway. A dangerous predator could be on the loose tonight in Marion County. Fox 12's Most Wanted is a convicted child abuser. Deputies say William Althouse took off his GPS monitoring bracelet and disappeared in Salem yesterday. <laughs> they tell Fox 12 he's dangerous and likely to commit sex crimes again. KPTV's Mark Ross has been following this story. He joins us live from News Control with the very latest. Mark. Well, Althouse served 12 years in prison for sex crimes and burglary. He was... So we don't actually know what the sex crime is. Any you, you, Sexting can be a sex crime crime yeah sexting a uh, peeing in the park nowadays yeah. is a sex yeah. crime we don't know what the sex crime is he's dangerous but it's also burglary so who knows maybe the guy was a burglar and he peed it peed in someone's yard i we don't know he could be a dangerous pedophile but we just don't know whatever it is be afraid be very very afraid on parole but now deputies want you to take a good look at his picture because tonight no one knows where the convicted sex offender is very sick very sick you know he needs to be monitored in fact hey, who is that droopy dog you uh, it's just a concerned citizen you're very sick you're very sick you need to be monitored if you're very sick he play that guy again it sounds like droopy dog yeah. monitored william althouse a convicted yeah. child he sex is. offender is required to wear this gps bracelet for just that purpose but marion county deputies say that yesterday the ex-con who's out on parole took off the bracelet and this <laughs> transmitter and disappeared <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one yeah. and then i'll wind up my segment and then uh we got to do something else with um something that is happening in california uh now we know about the uh, the fingerprinting of the kids for their school lunches but it's not really fingerprinting john no it's it, digitizing it's scanning their biometric data which i think is even worse than fingerprinting and please listen to the officials in how... Well, wait, wait, back, back, back up. you got to explain to people what you're talking about, about okay. getting fingerprints to get your school lunch, because a lot of <clears> people point. have never heard the story. Good point. So in California, and this is now going to be rolled out statewide, um, in order to uh, move to a cashless society in the cafeteria and with, with eight and nine-year-olds, uh, <laughs> uh, and to make sure that they're all paid up, 
paid up for their Gitmo Nation genetically modified food, which consists of some egg, uh, some uh, chicken McNuggets. It's all over the video. You can see it at noagendashow.com in the show notes. Um, they, uh, they're taking fingerprints, but actually it's biometric data from these kids. So instead of showing a card or you know going to school with your four pennies for lunch, for milk money, whatever it is, uh, they will scan their biometric data. Oh, okay, slave, you can eat. You're all paid up. Does that explain it? Uh, wait a minute. Let me get this straight. You mean they can't look at the kid and say, "Hey, that's Jimmy Johnson," or they can't do like they do in a hotel and say, "What room are you in?" And you no, give them no, a no. You're missing the point. This is to save jobs, John. We have to save jobs. This is a horrible economy, so we have to be able to put our teachers to work teaching, and we need machines to check on the little kitty slaves. We can't do that with it hey, that's Jimmy. It sounds to me as though they're trying to get kids used to the fact yes, that... Yes, yes, used to being scanned, exactly. Let's listen to this report. The L.A. Unified School District is pushing a program to fingerprint some kids before they can get their lunch. Critics say it could lead to civil rights violations. CBS 2 Soraya Fidel is live at school district headquarters in downtown L.A. with a look at why the program is causing so much controversy. Why? 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 Are you kidding me? You're fingerprinting my kid. Why? Why could this is so strange? Why could this is good? Why could it be causing controversy? I, I don't understand. Good morning, Soraya. Well, good morning, Lisa. You know, there are mixed opinions about this, but ultimately, district officials tell me the goal is to streamline and save jobs during this economy. <laughs> there it is. How do you save jobs? Just shut up. It doesn't matter. It's to, just believe it. Open your you mind. You throw it in on anything. Yeah, we're going to shoot everybody in town. That's the <laughs> so only way we can save, save jobs. Save jobs and streamline in this economy. <laughs> officials want to see this program implemented district-wide at all Los Angeles schools. Ramon Cortinas, the superintendent, says he hopes that it is implemented, that right now it is a pilot program. It's in the test phase. Digitizing lunch scans district-wide has stirred a bit of controversy. LAUSD is the second largest school system in the school system across the country. It serves over half a million student meals every day. The district is dealing with a $20 million budget cut. Students at Fauché Learning Center are expected to be the first in the district that use a fingerprint-like scanner to biometrically identify fingerprint-like scanner to biometrically identify the kids. So this is scanning biometric data, and then we're going to get the guy who's uh, selling the program say, oh, no, no, this, don't, this is not at all. This is, please, just go back to your homes and be quiet. It's okay. ...like scanner to biometrically identify them from meals in the lunchroom. Just a visual say the system poses no security or privacy risks to children <laughs> or their families and would help bring district cafeterias into the 21st century. Oh, yeah. What? Set up to yeah. Be a- <laughs> we need to bring it How into about the t- serving good food? That would bring them into the 21st century. Meanwhile- <laughs> hey, ladies and gentlemen out there. Pack a bag lunch. Yes, exactly. How about PB&J? I'd rather have that than the crap I'm seeing in this lunch line. It's chicken McNuggets, applesauce, uh, a cube of what looks like melon, and a cube of what looks like pineapple, and uh, that's about it. Oh, and some Mott's applesauce. Hmm. Great. Cashless sales system. Oh, cashless. That's what it's about. Cash. Get them used to not using cash. Get them used to being scanned. Just get the kids used to it. This is not a problem. We have to bring everyone into the 21st century. Please. This is, this is not a, this is not a, 
Not a privacy concern at all. Into the 21st century. It is set up to be a cashless sales system. Critics say that they feel this is an invasion of privacy. But Cortina says this new system will save money and speed up long cafeteria lines. Or shit. Speed up long cafeteria lines. Now let's listen to the expert. It's digitizing. There are signals put in the finger. It's nothing like a fingerprint. <laughs> what kind of a douchebag is this guy? <laughs> it's it's taking signals. It's nothing like a fingerprint. This has this is not like a fingerprint at all. This please, I'm from the Ministry of Truth. You must believe me. There are signals put in the finger. It's nothing like a fingerprint. And what it does, based on the budget cuts that we've had to do, it allows us not to have a people business. You put your finger. You don't give a ticket. It don't, we don't want a people business. How does this business. save jobs? This is killing jobs, it sounds like. Of course like. it is. We don't want a people business. We want everything to be automated. Well, just like our people. They need well, to how's be this, on. How's this for jobs? It doesn't. Job it doesn't. It, it fires well, then people. Why did that person report jobs? It, this guy's even saying jobs. Because the, the, the bigger the lie, John, the easier it is for people to believe it. I, I can't come up with any other reasonable explanation than that. They're just lying to you right now. Yeah. It allows us not to do, have a people business. You put your. We don't want a people business. Please, our kids should not be in touch with people in school. It should, <laughs> they should be in touch with machines. Don't you understand? It's to bring us into the 21st century. Finger. You don't give a ticket. Uh, you don't then have to count the tickets. You then don't have to turn in the... Uh, the, the guy sounds pissed off even, doesn't he? He sounds aggravated that he has tickets, to... My God, he must have hated it when he was a bookkeeper. He has to... He has to he's aggravated that he has to explain how stupid we are for questioning this. You don't then have to count the tickets. You then don't have to turn in the, uh, in the tickets. Uh, so what we've done is automate uh, the process. Don't you understand? Hold on a second. Wait a second. Let me tell you something. When I was a kid and we had... There were school lunches. Yeah. Uh, at least this wasn't all the schools, but a couple of them. You just went in line and you had your lunch. Yeah. You didn't go through a bunch of paperwork. No, it was just all part of it. You brought four cents for milk money, which sometimes. I well, I, there, I think you could bring some some for some additional things. You might have some. Yeah, you might be able to buy milk or something. Milk money. Yeah. Four but cents. Generally speaking, I, as I recall, uh, you just got in line and you, you didn't pay anything. You, you had just, lunch. And yeah. that keeps the line moving. So why, yeah, so why, yeah, exactly, why do we have so to So why make, do we have to go, well, what's the point? Are there kids sneaking into school so they can have that fabulous school lunch? <laughs> Maybe some kids were going back accounting for, for illegal what's seconds. What's accounting for? I don't know, they were going back for illegal seconds. Or there's big fat, fat guys going back for <laughs> seconds and thirds? And if so, so what? No, you can't do that. This is bull crap. Well, There's listen. no reason to maintain this no, kind of, of order. No, of course not. Let me finish now, on the up. other hand of this, ACLU saying that it's concerned with the wrong impression that it is okay to provide sensitive personal information in order to gain any minor inconvenience. Other states across the country have implemented this program. So far, it reportedly has been successful. Oh, Before it's very successful. Oh, it's so successful. All right. Well, across, reportedly. Yeah. Says who? Yeah. Well, the reportedly's. The orderly reportedly's. Well, so we start off uh, with a clip here. Law and Order L.A., Decent People. Mm -hmm. It's on about halfway down. The clip's mm -hmm. Yeah, I this. got it. I got it. This is the way the show starts. <laughs> Ma'am, there's no drinking allowed on the beach. 
Since when? Your ID, please. Sorry, I've been away. Just empty it out. You're around decent people now. You gotta follow the rules. Oh my God, you're around decent people now. They don't drink on the beach. You gotta follow the rules, slave. Shut up. And of course, illegally asking for ID. Yeah, you can't. You can't just ask for ID like that, can you? Nope. But we're getting used to it. Nobody's gonna notice. Well, because you know, if if go ahead. It's and, all programming. Yeah. You gotta program the public. Yeah, go ahead to put and try up with this. this kind of intervention. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead and try and say no. No, I'm not gonna give you my ID. You want to try that? That's what. That's that's what you want to try. And I'll see you with your. Ass violated, German, Germany boy. You can give me your ID. You're on decent people here. Decent people, you hear me? Wow. Should this go into the primer? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got so the prim, this is a problem. We have to be careful. We got too much material. So what, what are the rules? What can an official ask you for, John? Can they ask you for your ID? Oh, hold on a second. I lost him. Ah. Hold on, John. Are you there? Yeah, barely. I, I lost you. Yeah, I lost you for a second. So uh, in, in the Gitmo states of America, can the uh, uh, officials ask you for your ID and do you have to provide it? No. You don't have Not to. just out of the blue. They just can't ask you unless you're under arrest or you, they have some, you know... They, they have to arrest you. You can't just be asked for your ID so unless you're so what would the, ticket. So, yeah, what, you've been pulled over by a cop for speeding. They can ask you for your ID. Okay, well, so this person was drinking on the beach illegally, not being a decent person. I guess they can ask you for your ID then because you're breaking the law. Right? I'm not absolutely sure that's true. Hmm. Well, uh, go ahead and try it. Just say no. No, you can't get away. You see they, how that works out. Your best bet is to give them the ID. Nice. Well, but uh, this, of course, is uh, law and order conditioning the people that uh, drinking inappropriately is not decent. I've also been fascinated by law and order sudden, not sudden, but over the last, <laughs> probably the last year or so, changed from some of their early policies, because I guess the memo is, has changed, to promote, uh, in the early days of the show, the whole series of shows, and by the way, for people out there who kept emailing me wondering if I'd watched the, the Law & Order UK show, which debuted uh, this week on BBC America. Uh, oh, by the way, play the weird BBC America ad, which I have here, and then and, and scratch your head, and it will go on from there. We lost our empire. We suck at tennis. Our food is lousy. Yes, but our television sure kicks ass. BBC America. What? Wait, <laughs> let, what let, let me listen to that again. Let me listen to it again. We lost our empire. We suck at... What does he say at the beginning? We lost our empire. We suck at tennis. Our food is lousy. <laughs> We lost our empire. We suck at tennis. Our food is lousy. Yes, but our television sure kicks ass. BBC America. <laughs> our television kicks ass. Wow. Kind of profane. That would should be arse. What is the point of that ad? Uh, to get uh, Americans to watch that it's cool, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, so I watched it uh, for you out there who, who emailed me, and I couldn't, I found the thing unwatchable, so I, I gave up on it. It sucks. Anyway, so the Law and Order series is always the locals versus the feds, which is a, uh, we've talked about this on the show numerous times. We're talking about it again. 
And so now they've gotten too far. They on the Law and Order. Uh, I have a clip here, but it's not really. It's not <coughs> too revealing. But it's it's the clip. Give me your tin. Mm-hmm. Where a federal officer. This is a Law and Order SVU, which is the which is really the headliner now. Right, Special Victims Unit. Uh, they sh- play the "Give me your tin" and I'll explain what happened. Give me your tin. They hand over the badges. Uh, oh, okay. Special They're handing over badges. Marshals. Credentials you need to work outside your jurisdiction. Raise your right hand. I solemnly swear to support and defend the Constitution of the United States from all enemies, foreign and domestic. All right. So just out of the blue, I didn't know you could do this. But they, they, she asked for their tin, their New York badges. City Police Department badge, and gives them U.S. Marshals badges. Oh, and then they have to uphold the Constitution of the United States uh, as and a marshal. And they, they got more powers now, and they can be more effective, and they can do all these things. And then they go back to the office with these badges, and every ooh, you got one of those Marshals badges. Ooh, that's so neat. And so you everybody know. oohs and ahs over the badge. And the whole thing is, like, sickening. And then they go get get the bad guys because I can do that now with these new badges, Be, which also, by the way, promotes the show Chase, which is about the U.S. Marshals on NBC. Now, so I, I, like I just want to say something because people need to understand why we do this. Because, um, yeah, you may not watch the show. Certainly, if you're a no agenda listener, you probably don't watch these programs. And there's a reason why John does it so we don't have to is so you understand the mind control and the programming that is taking place right before your very eyes, because these shows are actually watched by millions of people. Tens of millions. Tens of millions of people watch this. And it's it's psyops. It's it's programming of people's brains into what is accepted and what is right and what is proper. And it's done so so much damage, so much damage that it has to be exposed. So yeah, I know we have a couple people complain about this. One of our nights, anyway. So uh, so they so they now all of a sudden in the olden days it would always be oh the feds are coming in to screw things up. They you know they they have these special programs going on. They're always messing with the locals. Now all of a sudden the whole thing is switched over. So the feds are the good guys. They're better than the local people. So we want a national police. We want the FBI involved in everything. We all these you know these these uh, you know national or, uh, police organizations. You know, TSA and the rest. Yeah. They're all good guys now. The they're feds, never they're yeah, not screwing the anything feds, up. They're, they're better all, than the locals. Yeah, they're all good guys. We we know better. We want a national police department. That's, That's what right. we're looking for. That's right. Okay. Enough. Um this is a story that we missed, which I think is from a few months back. Um now you know, John, that uh a lot of our water is fluoridated. This part of waking up. Is fluoride in my cup. And of course, this is uh, because it's good for your teeth, right? Fluoride is very good for your teeth, right? You, uh, do you like your water fluoridated, John? You like it? You like it in the morning? I, I find that it. Uh, I don't have the issues that you have with okay. it. Well, I have ever since I read uh, Legacy of Ashes, which uh, I, is, has been corroborated to me from very reliable sources, is very factual where the CIA goes and fluoridates the water of en- enemy camps to subdue them, I-, I kind of figure that maybe that's being done to us. So this is from uh, the BostonChannel.com, uh, which is uh, from WCVB Channel 5, the ABC affiliate in Boston. Um, here it says, Fluoride is added to the water most of us drink because the government believes it's a safe and inexpensive way to prevent tooth decay. 
However, Team 5 investigations found the Amesbury Water Department pulled the fluoride from its system and concerns about its supply from China. Did you know that uh, apparently, at least in Boston, some of the fluoride that is put into our water comes from China, John? We can't do our own fluoride? Apparently not. Huh. Um, but here's what Department of Public Works Director Rob Desmarais said. He says, after I mix the white powder with the water, 40% of it will not dissolve. I don't know what it is, he said. It's not soluble, and it doesn't appear to be sodium fluoride. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they've, uh, uh, smartly, they've stopped uh, fluoridating the water in, uh, in Amesbury temporarily. Could, you know, I have a suggestion. Mm-hmm. You have a bunch of white powder, and half of it dissolves and half of it doesn't, and you get suspicious. You know, there are things known as labs. They're all over the place, as a matter of fact, analysis labs. <laughs> well, why you do can that? T- you've got a city, a budget. You can walk this chemical over to one of these labs and explain the situation, and they will tell you what, it, what, is exact, what exactly is in the powder. Uh, why don't you do that? Well, Paul Stewart, who lives in Newburyport, says they should test it to make sure it's <laughs> safe for us to drink. They yeah, test apparently it. a thousand water systems in the United States uh, use Chinese uh, fluoride. Huh. Not a very smart idea. I, I think uh, if uh, if you're concerned, like I am, about anything added to your water except uh, water then you may want to ask uh, your local uh, facility where they get their fluoride from. I would think. My goodness. It's just, it's yeah, you just, did miss that one. Yeah, it just blows, yeah. blows me away that, that, is, that, that we're getting our fluoride from China, and I don't think there should be anything in our water anyway to start with. This, this, yeah, give me your tin. <laughs> Uh, we're past the one hour mark, John. I think we need to uh, thank some uh, donors to this program. Yeah, we have a lot of donors. We, we will put up a page of the $42 donors, which is a uh, 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 number of people that have helped us. Uh, with. We did the mailing, and I hope you'd go look at your email, uh, which discusses the $42 donation, which is for the 10-10-10 day, which 10-10-10 is 42 in binary. We also, apparently, there's, if you look on the Wikipedia page for 42, the number, there's like all kind. You can read for days on weird stuff about forty-two. Uh, so let's go with a few people that did donate, other than forty-two, just our normal donors. Uh, Mikola Lachinsky from Warsaw, my daughter Zuzana, which would be I think is Polish for Susan, was born on the twentieth of September this year. My name is pronounced Mikowai, so it's Mikowai Lachinsky. <coughs> Thank you. Uh, $92.80. And congratulations with your, uh, with Zuzana. And I think, uh, yeah. And then next year we hope to give her a birthday call out. Great. Uh, Trevor Fulham in Mission Hills, California, 7575. Shout out to Alex CSU Fort Collins. Love the show. Uh, Trevor Fulham, Fulham, Fulham. I think think. Fulham, Fulham would be proper, yes. Uh, Oh, I'm sure that I just did. I just do that. Uh, I'm lost, man. I don't know where you are. Okay. Well, anyway, Trevor Trevor Fulham is the seventy five seventy five. Ronald Ronald Larman, is that right? Larman. Larman. Yeah, that's the way I read it. I got it. Almir. Okay, it's Ronald Larman. 
Ronald Larmon, Almira Flavorland. No, Almira. Say it with me now. Almira. 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 You don't. Ha- you don't have to like. It's not difficult. Just listen to the sounds. You don't have to like pretend. That yeah, you- yeah, yeah. They say Almira. that in Vietnamese. Too, Almira. Almira. Flavorland. It's not Flavorland. No, it's Flavorland. It sounds like Flavorland. <laughs> the donation fifty five ten to make my brother Dennis and Noah Jenna Minuteman. He's been listening to Noah Jenna since the beginning and got me started about a year ago. I even th- think he's a chucklehead. Yeah, chuckle, no chucklehead is someone who's uh, listens to uh, the Daily Source Code. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was his birthday yesterday, so please give the crackpot of my family a proper shout out. Uh, keep up the assassinations. Um, do we have him listed as a birthday boy? Uh, yes, we do. Lars Thompson in Jornlunda, Södermanland, Sweden. Uh, he wants to congratulate Joachim Delrude on his birthday. Do we have that uh, on the list? Nope. Aha. We want to put him down. Uh, keep up the good work uh, with the show. Lars from Gitmo Nation North. That's actually... I think we need to call it Gitmo Nation Reindeer Meat or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jeffrey Fitch, Windermere, Florida, $50. John Matthews, Sir John Matthews, as a matter of fact, Huntersville, North Carolina, $50. Uh, JCD, tell Adam uh, you can be a dual U.S. citizen. I'm an Aussie who's becoming a dual citizen right now, and my U.S.-born wife can apply for dual citizenship with the AUS now, too. The idea for the rings can be they stamp the... What? An idea for the rings, can they be stamp marked with the order of knighting? No. No. Uh, No. You can do it. You take it into an engraver, and you can do it on the back inside of the ring. Exactly. And finally, uh, the layaway guys, uh, Tristan Lennon, Travis Wynn, and Mike Westerfield are on track, and that's our group this week. It's your birthday, birthday. So, first of all, happy birthday to Dame Tanya, a dame of the No Agenda Roundtable, turning the big 4-0, and we love you very much. Thanks for uh, always helping out with the production of the show. And Ronald Larmon says happy birthday to his brother, Dennis, who is a No Agenda Minuteman. And then, uh, no, we did have Ronald Larmon. Did I miss somebody, John? Anybody yeah, we, we had the one here uh, that we mentioned a second ago. After oh, yeah, Lars, Lars Thompson wants to congratulate Joachim Delrude on... Uh, the day of his birth, and uh, that's the birthdays here, courtesy of your friends at the No Agenda Show. It's your birthday, yeah! Now, what do we want to do with the knighthoods? Because there's so many, it would take up the rest of the show. Can we do a mass knighting, or is that inappropriate? I I don't think we have a choice. I think we have to. Stephen Pelsmachers, Nicola Pelsmachers, David Hoffman, Michael Zelina, John Weaver, Samuel Thunderplunk, Larry Lee, Sonda Huxbergen, and Tristan Lennon, please step forward. You will, of course, all be mentioned individually on the uh, appropriate pages for your knighthoods. We really appreciate what you've done for the show so that we can pay bills. Your rings will be forthcoming. They are real. They are actually happening. But first, John, pull it out there. I'll pull out mine. We hereby knight thee all... Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. One more for good measure. Please enjoy a Herkerson blow. Except for Nicola. He may be too young.
But you can never start too too soon, I think. Hey, but seriously, thank you all very much. Uh, this does make up for the very slow summer that we've had. And, um, of course, we continue with our 10-10-10 Super Karma donation drive. We can only do these once every 300 years. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, yeah, well, go, it won't be for a while. Yeah, go to Dvorak.org slash NA. And obviously, we really appreciate everyone who's on the $5 a month uh, subscription plan. These are the things that really will sustain us, certainly through the drier periods, so we, we can at least eat bread. Um, ChannelDvorak.com slash NA. Uh, your donations go towards keeping the show going. A lot of work goes into it. We do uh, 16, 18, maybe uh, this month, I think 20 hours of, uh, of, of work goes into... Uh, yeah, that's right. That, we that's got just, that's just the two shows we got to do. That's just the, the and that's just the show. That's not all the work that goes into producing the show. And I, may I point out, we've never missed a week, ever. We don't take vacations. We take vacations, but then we still do the show from our vacation. We interrupt anything. We've done it on Christmas. We've done it on New Year's, Thanksgiving. Um, not like uh, your typical, like Michael Savage. I was, I, I, you know, I got a car now. I got the Saab Niner Three, the speeding bagel, the three thousand dollar car. And uh, by the way, thanks everybody for sending in all of your uh, comments. They, people love this car, by the way. People are very passionate about their Saab. I think it's a collectible. It might be. Well, the roof is good, so that's uh, good. Uh, so, you know, and so I've got a radio now, and, uh, and I'm listening to uh, the AM stations. You know, and, and Michael Savage, he may be a great guy, and he may be a great radio host and all that, but he just sounds like another elitist prick. You know the guy's making millions of dollars. He's got to be, right? Oh, yeah. No, he's making probably 10 to $20 million yeah, easy. It's just, it's just, you just, it doesn't come across as believable to me when I listen to that. Oh, yeah, whatever. Oh, yeah, it's everything so outrageous, you millionaire. I used to be a millionaire. It was nice while it lasted. Yeah, you were a prick, too. No, I wasn't. I'm sorry. You, I'm you sorry didn't, I said that. You didn't know me when I was a millionaire. Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, you did. Speaking of being a millionaire. You told me to get lost, chump. <laughs> hey, old man, piss off. <laughs> Speaking of uh, a millionaire. Have you seen, John, and this has happened in just the past week and a half, gold now at over $1,340 an ounce. We're yeah, going- now, yeah. I'm, I'm predicting that after the election, it's going to fade back down to about 1100 Well, it seems like there's uh, So, of course, I'm trying to figure out why this is happening. And it seems like the elites are all buying up the gold because the dollar is, is devaluing at an amazing spa, uh, pace. This is because of the, the global quantitative, quantitative easing. Is that what they call it? QE? QE. Quantitative yeah. easing. It's called printing money. It's called, yeah, exactly, printing money. Now, there was this uh, interesting article in the Financial Times. We just, by the way, the, the DH Unplugged discussed this a little bit for people out there who want to get a little, another angle. Oh, great. Okay, so well, then I'm, then I'm talking to the right guy. So uh, this article in the Financial Times talks about a possible currency war. Um, and possible, I think it's going on. Uh, well, it's the Financial Times, John. It's not like the Gitmo Daily, you know. <laughs> uh, in, so the Institute of International Finance, which represents more than love this number four hundred and twenty of the world's leading banks and finance houses. That's a great number, isn't it? 420. What a coincidence. Code, code. Total code. Warned on Monday that a lack of such coordinated rebalancing could lead to more protectionism 
So this institute, I don't know, who knows what this institute is, but I guess the G20 is coming together again soon, and uh, and they're going to... What is it? Is it China that doesn't want to play ball? Is that what's going on? That China is, uh, is, is being the meanie? Here? Well, we're actually suspicious that China may be the ones that are jacking up both the yen and the euro. Well, no, you, you don't have to be suspicious of the euro because I have the report right here. Uh, from Voltaire.net, the embattled euro got a surprise boost from an unexpected quarter. China, the country with the world's largest foreign currency exchange reserve, China, has pledged to support the Greek debt as well as the euro in what is clearly a geopolitical decision. In doing so, China has signaled it seeks to prevent the U.S. financial warfare attack on Europe and play the EU off against the USA in a geopolitical chess game of a fascinating dimension. And there's a picture here of the uh, of Wen Jiabo, that's China's uh, premier, premier, uh, and he's congratulated by his Greek counterpart, the guy from uh, Tennessee. What's his name? George. Yeah, that guy. Papandreou. He, he's yeah. he's an American, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny. Uh, and and the president of the Greek Parliament, Philippos uh, Petsinkios, something like that. Uh, so they gave the guy the gold medal of the Parliament. In Athens, uh, just this past Sunday. So the Chinese, they, they're, they're running everything. They are totally, like, making this happen. Yeah, it looks like it. So that, you know, that's crazy. Well, it's going to be crazy for them when this doesn't work out for them. Why won't, it, why won't it work out? Greece? What kind of an investment is that? Well, I don't think they care about the investment. I think they care about well, just they controlling will they lose everything. Their investment, and then they, the whole thing goes south. I mean, it was just very obvious is going to happen. This is like the Japanese back when it was the eighties and nineties when they were like you know buying everything up, and it would cost you like a million dollars for an ounce of land, you know. And there was a there was a real estate boom, and the Japanese economy was what well, we, we should be copying what the Japanese do. And books came out about we should copy what the Japanese do, and the whole thing went into the tank. <laughs> I mean, this is what I mean. This is what we do best. I mean, I I I know we haven't shown any evidence that we can do this with the Chinese because they're so massive and they and they and they they're not stupid. But the fact of the matter is the Japanese were pretty smart, too. And we managed to screw them over. So what do you think is going to happen? I mean, if you look at the dollar index... I think we're setting the... China, personally, if I'm just going to go on my, like, kind of my conspiratorial kind of, like, I've seen this happen before, it's mm -hmm. probably going to happen again. Mm -hmm. And the fact is that we're always the, the dog on top when the, when the day is over. Mm -hmm. No matter how much we make our own people suffer, we'll do it. Take, we'll take, you know, we'll take the bullet. We'll take one for the team is to uh, set the, the Chinese up to put themselves in a position where they're just going to fail, fail, fail with these kinds of investments, like, the, like you know, put, you know, supporting... But the Chinese the can't be stupid. They're not stupid, but they, they're, they can easily, they're like anybody else, they can be set up. I mean, it's like you know, a lot of stuff. I mean, they, they, they can be kind of cajoled in some way, shape, or form into like, like supporting the, the, the Greeks? I mean, come on. I mean, this, this is not going to end well. Well, it's not just the Greeks. It's, it's also the euro in general. And the euro. The euro's not a buck 40. It's not worth a buck 40. Give me a break. It's bullcrap. Is, is that what it is right now? Yeah, it's almost. It's like a buck 39 today. What's gold at today? Have you gold's probably about thirteen five, thirteen six, something maybe Jeez, higher. That's unbelievable. I think gold will hit fourteen five. Oh, I maybe. think it's going to fifteen hundred by the end of the year. I guarantee yeah, well, it. We'll see. It, it, 
let me just see what it is. The euro, where is it? Well, first of all, gold, I'm looking here is, okay, the, so the euro is 138.80. And gold is, oh, it, it took a little hit, 13.35, so it's down. Interesting. All right, I'm looking at this. The, ja- the yen is the other one that's jacked way up. Mm-hmm. Uh, buck thirty-eight eighty-four. So it's almost a buck, almost a buck forty for the euro. Uh, the pound is way too high to buck fifty-eight. Although it's not completely out of control, it should be about a buck fifty historically. And uh, then the yen is way, you know, it's got this, it's ridiculous. The dollar is only worth eighty-two. Uh, it should it should be a hundred to one is the old rule for the yen to the to the dollar. Now it's it's eighty two dollars for, for or eighty two to a hundred. Um. Yeah, gold's down. Oh, gold's down. Yeah, twelve. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, anyway, the whole market's down today. Uh, got a um... crude oil is also overpriced. Well, that but that goes hand in hand with the dollar. When the dollar goes down, then the then the the price of oil and gold has to go up. It's, they're tied together without even being officially tied together. You know, I wish I understood this stuff better. Yeah, it's not worth the trouble. No. Anyway, uh, Robert von Herxen, who was uh, his uh, self-imposed title is our Gitmo Nation Wilders Enslaved Correspondent, uh, gave me a good rundown on the emergency broadcast system. Remember, we uh, we played the uh, the clip of. Uh, yeah. of the tones and uh, and so he has this you know he has this whole thing about the audio frequency shift key which uh, which actually has a bit rate of 520 and 56 bits per second and uh, there is an actual uh, sequence to it and it does have a beginning of message and end of message uh, sequence uh, he says here the signal is repeated three times it's necessary as there is no error correction built into the signal so only if the station decodes the decoders see the same signal three times uh, does it get printed on the screen so that there's, that's their error correction uh, and he says even more funny on February 1st 2005 somebody activated an EAS message over radio and television stations in Connecticut telling residents to evacuate the state immediately. (laughs) Officials at the Office of Emergency Management announced that the activation and broadcast of the emergency alert system was an error due to possibly the wrong button being pressed. Quote, state police said they received no calls related to the erroneous alert. And then Dame Tanya sent in uh, uh, something else. By the way, this used to be the EBS, Emergency Broadcast System. Now it's known as the EAS. So there has been a change there. And uh, this is a, an old school version when we used to have fun on the radio. This is a test. For the next 60 seconds, this station will conduct a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. All right, so that's the not-so-fun part, but then listen to what comes after it. And I wish we could do fun stuff like this when we used to laugh about this stuff because we were America, goddammit. We weren't worried about homegrown terrorists. No, 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 no. Come on. I can't talk. Come on. Ugh. This is a test of the emergency broadcast system. <laughs> the broadcasters of your area. Involuntary cooperation with the FCC. And other authorities. Have developed this system to keep you informed. In the event. Of an emergency. If this had been an actual emergency. You would have been instructed where to tune. In your area for news. And official information. This concludes this test of 
the emergency broadcast system. That's the way it's it should be. It's not funny. <laughs> That's the way it should be. It's not funny. It's not funny. We got to make that serious business. You're crazy. Hey, our buddy Vivek Kundra is back in the news, John. Although, of course, he's not really back in the news, but he's back in our Gitmo Daily. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He released a very important document. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> this is not more skip logic. Skip logic binary. Uh, yeah, yeah. September 28th, Cobalt. 2010. Memorandum for Chief Information Officers of Executive Departments and Agencies. From Vivek Kundra, the Federal Chief Information Officer. Subject, transition to IPV, IPv6. Now, maybe we should explain briefly what IPv6 is and why, and, and that'll make it clear for everyone why this is totally stupid. Why this guy IPv6 is, an idiot. is the next version of the IP addressing system, which adds uh, a few more numbers to the uh, string. You know, you have an IP address, it's blah, 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 blah. Uh, four sets of numbers, uh, each the maximum of four digits. And this, I think, adds a couple more, uh, another dot and some more numbers. Uh, but it has to use all new gear. Because, you know, you can't send a bunch of these, you know, the IP address. Anyway, it takes it to trillions and trillions of IP, or at least a trillion or more. I don't know right. what the t- real number it's about, is. It's the, about, the chat the, room, yeah, about the uh, chat room. No. Yeah, about the IP address space. But, of course. So it makes everything, it makes it possible to put an IP address, a real IP address, not a shared one, yes. which is how we've been getting away with it, on everything. So here's his memorandum. The federal government is committed to the operational deployment of the use of Internet Protocol version 6, IPv6. This memo describes specific steps for agencies to expedite the operational deployment of IPv6. The federal government must transition to IPv6 in order to, one, enable the successful deployment and expansion of key federal information technology, modernizing initiatives such as cloud computing, broadband, and smart grid, which rely on robust, scalable Internet networks. Please. What other cliches can he drop in? You know, I mean, it's like it's a... Bloody, bloody, blah. It's total bloody blah. Number two, reduce complexity and increase transparency of Internet services by eliminating the architectural need to rely on network address translation technologies. That, that, that of course, is not true. We're not going to eliminate it. There's always going to be network address translation. It's not just going to go away. Three, enable ubiquitous security services for end-to-end network communications that will serve as the foundation for securing future federal IT systems. Huh? (coughs) Bullshit. And four, enable the Internet to continue to operate efficiently through an integrated, well-architected network platform and accommodate the future expansion of Internet-based services. This guy, it's like this is the way... Not uh, unprofitable uh, companies funded by venture capital talk. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh yeah, no, it's a lot, a lot of bull crap, a lot of jargon, a lot of you know, uh, I can't even describe that kind of thing. But it's very bureaucraties, uh, throwing a lot of big words. Um, Does this mean that there's like a huge order for Cisco or something? I mean, someone's going to yeah, benefit oh, off oh, of this. Cisco is going to make a lot when when if if and when IP. V6 actually has to happen when, you know, when, I, when at some point was that you, you have to do it at home. Um, Cisco is a big beneficiary. Uh, but, you know, the other one, the big beneficiary is going to be the Chinese. Right now, the Chinese are making all these cheap routers, that, a lot of cloned Cisco routers, that, and many with the Cisco name on them. 
um, because, you know, that's what By they the operate. way, this is not going to be more secure. I mean, IPv6 hasn't really been field tested. I mean, there's all, I'm sure there's all kinds of, all these systems that have to go into place, they're all going to have bugs and loopholes and crap, and thank you, the Chinese are delivering all the boxes. That's nice. Who knows what they put in there? In order to facilitate timely and effective IPv6 adoption, agencies sell upgrade public external facing servers and services, i.e. web, email, DNS, ISP services, etc., to operationally use native IPv6 by the end of fiscal year 2012. Uh, and, there's a little, and there's a little marker here. Oh, it gets better. To ensure interoperability, it is expected agencies will also continue running IPv4 into the foreseeable future. So we got now we have to maintain two systems next to each other. Thanks, Vivek. What a douchebag. Uh, here's a great email address. Designate an IPv6 transition manager and submit their main name, title, and contact information to... IPv6 at omb.eop.gov. That's a fun email address to send something to. (laughs) Put put it it out in the memo. What is it again? It's IPv6 at oscarmikebravo.echooscarpapa.gov. And you must do that by October 30th, 2010. That's going to be a funny email address. Hey, I'm the transition manager for the No Agenda Militia. Uh, we, we're ready, Vivek. Just send us your skip logic chart and we'll all be good, man. It's, it's wonderful. This guy is such a douchebag. And he also... <coughs> oh, man. There's your swine, swine flu, flu yeah. kicking in. And he also awarded Smartronics with a $46 million blanket purchase agreement. For no, the Smartronics, the guys who do the $8 million website. Yep, so they've got another $46 million deal. And it is for a, pr- a blanket purchase agreement for... Quote, virtual data set hosting for data.gov. Huh? A $46 million hosting agreement? Wow. For virtual data set hosting for data.gov. Under this contract, Team Smartronics, Team Smartronics, we rock because we've got government contracts. We'll have the opportunity to work with the General Services Administration to provide innovative cloud-based hosting of open government data sets to federal agencies. Oh, let me play it again. <clears throat> Bullshit. Taking our money. Jeez Louise. Pisses well, me off. Well, there you have it. Yeah, it pisses me. It really, it makes me angry. We've got this yeah. jabroni in there who's just wasting our money. He has no idea what he's talking about. I mean, I'm no sysadmin, but even I know that this guy is full of crap. He's totally <laughs> well, full of crap. That's because you speak in COBOL and binary. <laughs> and skip logic. I know what I'm talking about. Jeez Louise. So uh, Axelrod was on the David Letterman show. David Axelrod, who is the, uh, was the, the, uh, is the PR guy for the president, right? And he's the chief advisor. Yeah, but he was the PR guy for the uh, for the campaign. Yeah, he was the election guy. He was a campaign yeah, manager. Campaign manager, right? So, uh, of course, he skirted this issue. But uh, Letterman, out of the blue, decided to grill him about Gitmo because, as we know, and we have the clip. We don't have it handy, but we do have it. If anyone hasn't heard it a million times, the first thing I'm going to do when I'm president is close Gitmo. That's right. Close that sucker down. We got to close it down. It's an embarrassment. So Axelrod uh, now claims that really the first thing they wanted to do was fix the economy. Now, we, 
had listened to every speech possible. And, and Obama he always had the, you know, the three things, health, uh, education, and energy, where his three was the trinity of his campaign. He never talked about the economy ever. No. Let alone fixing it. But it has, to be, it has to be the economy now because that's the only thing people care about because they're starving. So, so Axelrod lies on the Letterman show. I have it here. Gitmo Axelrod. Might as well play it. Body should try to do the best they can to make change. I mean, that's the the American way. Uh, so here we have a president. Uh, what whatever happened to uh, the down there in Cuba, the uh, the uh, Guantanamo Bay? That was going to be change number one, right? And uh, and 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 it has been changed in the sense that and and hello, that's when the lie comes. That in the sense that about a third. of the people who are there are now gone. Crap, that wasn't in the pre-interview, bastard. Been uh, shipped off. We, when we got there, uh, Dave, there was uh, hundreds of people there, and there was no record of their cases. Mm-hmm. There was no... So we had to unlock uh, all of that, right. and uh, we worked our way through that. There is a dispute with Congress about how to proceed from now. We would like to move them into a federal mag- uh, a f- a maximum uh, uh, security federal prison here in the U.S. Uh, was that a tactical error to make that uh, job one? Well, that wasn't job one. Job one was to, to stop oh. the free fall of the economy. Because- oh, what a liar. What a liar. <laughs> Unbelievable. What a liar. As, uh, as you know, we lost, as I mentioned, 800,000 jobs the month we came in. Yeah, I know. The, but I, The financial system. But Guantanamo Bay had things. been referenced in the campaign before yes, look, the it's financial important. It's absolutely yeah. important. And uh, uh, I think that uh, to identify that, you know, our generals tell us. It's- Why was Axelrod on Letterman? What, what, is his jo- what, was his, what was the message? Why was he on there? I have no idea. I watched the whole thing thinking I get a couple clips out of it. I got this clip. Yeah. And it was like, I have no idea. I don't know what he was doing on there, what he was trying to pull. I think it may be something to do with the, with the elections coming up. It's, I don't know. It's funny, he, he because, basically, it's funny because I'm almost done reading Obama's Wars, the uh, Bob Woodward's book, uh, which uh, is the total spook ministry of truth communication Home. Yeah, it's, it's a briefing. It's a total briefing. The first thing that Obama as president-elect did is he got the security briefing. And it was all about the drones in Pakistan, the secret uh, contractors there that take people out. Which, of course, Bush put them in there. And uh, uh, and uh, Guantanamo Bay. It's all in there. It's in the first, like, 100 pages of the book. It's all explained that this is the stuff that Obama knew about first. And I might want to add cyber warfare. This is the number one message coming out of this book is cyber warfare. That's what we have to really be worried about. Cyber warfare. So well, the book got plugged again on the news hour. And no one reads uh, it. I'm the, we're all the only suckers who are reading this shit. Um, do you think that, that any of these people who are millionaires doing these news shows are going to have time to read a book? Oh, they're too busy partying hookers and blow. No, they're always there at too many events. So finish off Axelrod, and then we'll go on to something else. One of the single biggest propaganda yeah. tools for Al-Qaeda and uh, urged us to take action quickly, and it's something the president had talked about. So we just have to keep uh, working at it. And we're it's it's where we get most of our audience. <laughs> All right, that's no, good that's enough. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> funny. Anyway, so yeah, he just basically comes on and lies, and so, okay, well, that, that's great. Because everybody knows. I mean, I don't care. Republicans and Democrats all know that's what he said. Would do the first thing he's going to do when I'm president yep. is close Gitmo. And, Yay! Then what's Big the second? And what's the second thing? I will promise you this: that if we have not 
gotten our troops out by the time I am president, it is the first thing I will do. I will get our troops home. We will bring an end to this war. You can take that to the bank. Yeah, except he meant combat troops. Oops. Whatever combat that troops. means. Yeah, yeah, combat troops. Yeah. He didn't say combat troops. He said troops. No, but uh, it changed. To com- it can change. Listen, the first thing we worried about was the economy and combat troops. <laughs> People forget. That well, that's what he said. He said that's what he said. It, on his sign, it said change. He change, changed his he mind. Changed his mind. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Uh, so we have one more little thing. The, the, uh, the Pakistan, the problem uh, clip, which is coming up, it discusses what happened. They, apparently, the, the uh, Pakistanis got irked by a fact that, a, that a, and this was very well explained, I have to say, on the news hour got irked by the fact that a NATO helicopter blew a couple of their border guards yeah, away. Yeah, this, this is in the book. This is I read this in the book. And Well, this is a recent incident. Oh, well, this is what happened right off the bat. Okay, interesting. Okay. I guess this happens a lot. Well, anyway, so they closed, the, they closed one, of the, one of the border crossings to Afghanistan and then left all these cargo things, you know, backed up. And so these Taliban guys went over there and blew up, <laughs> just started blowing them up. But play the Pakistan, the problem, and you get a couple of interesting little insights here. The Wall Street Journal reported today on a new assessment sent to Congress by the Obama administration. Among its conclusions, the Pakistan military has continued to avoid military engagements that would put okay this is not not the clip i wanted this is the second clip oh the first clip is the border crossing situation or shutdown which i I just think we should play as background then this is the clip that talks about obama and it talks about the burns the wood the the woodward book and uh and uh, and pakistan issue the pakistan thing afghanistan thing is becoming a problem well, it's it's been the number one issue, according to the book, which I've read, so you don't have to. I'm, I'm almost done with it, but it just gets so tedious at the end of the day because it's just like, oh, I get it, okay? You know, this is propaganda. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, this is, it's all about, it's always been about Pakistan. The whole thing, Afghanistan, it's all about Pakistan. Okay, well, then play that clip. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, play the border crossing clip, and then we'll get to the one that's got the quote in it. These are all oil tankers. The truck convoys haul supplies to U.S. and NATO troops in Afghanistan. But last week's Pakistani government decision to close a key border crossing has left hundreds of trucks stranded along the highways, sitting ducks in the backed-up traffic. The current standoff was triggered when two NATO helicopters flew into Pakistani airspace to conduct a raid last Thursday. They fired at and killed two Pakistani border guards at an outpost in the Upper Kuram tribal area, 200 yards inside the border. The killings enraged Pakistan's government, and within hours, it blocked the crucial Torkham crossing over the Khyber Pass. Usually, NATO supplies land at the port of Karachi and are trucked to Afghanistan along a northern route through Torkham or a southwestern route through Chaman. The Chaman crossing remains open. The Pakistani Taliban has claimed responsibility for several of the attacks. On Monday, NATO Secretary General Anders Rasmussen formally apologized to Pakistan's foreign minister in Brussels. He called the killings of the border guards unintentional. Today, the U.S. ambassador to Pakistan, Ann Patterson, issued an apology as well. Also today, a joint Pakistani-NATO investigation concluded that the Pakistani border guards had fired shots to alert the 
helicopters of their presence. But the helicopter crews mistook them for insurgents. <laughs> hey, that's, real yeah, high, that's, that's real high tech, guys. That's real high tech. Hey, we're here. Uh, boom, boom. Uh, hey, hey, let me fire a couple shots in the air. The guy in the helicopter saying, I see muzzle shots, and they just blow them up. You see, the way I understood it from the book is what Bush was most proud of, and the information that was, according to Bob Woodward, that was passed on to Obama, is that you know, we have this very sophisticated drone system, but what the CIA was most proud of is their um, interaction with the ISI, and that they had a, a rather large force on the ground who can actually point the drones where to hit. Yeah. You know, and and believe me, uh, this, neither the CIA or the ISI uses uh, gunfire at helicopters to identify the place where the drone should shoot. This whole report that, that we just played, I think, is crap. I think it's total bullshit. I think it's so. It, well, those, it's these are helicopters, cover. not drones. I know that's what I'm guys. saying. I think it's just cover. Because why are they using helicopters all of a sudden? Hey, you know, as a helicopter pilot. I do not want to be flying a helicopter anywhere near gunfire. These are not very fast craft. You're like a sitting duck. You are a sitting duck. Unless you're flying at 100 feet over the deck and you're going 120 knots, you're very, you are a very big target. So uh, now you can play Pakistan, the problem, and it, and it goes to the Woodward book again, which keeps getting promoted by PBS as something that oh, everyone our national treasure, of course. Yeah, PBS, so I, I just yeah. wonder about yeah. what, 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 what. Tell me what you think the message is in the at the end of the day here. The Wall Street Journal reported today on a new assessment sent to Congress by the Obama administration. Among its conclusions, the Pakistan military has continued to avoid military engagements that would put it in direct conflict with Afghan Taliban or al-Qaeda forces. The report also says that challenges facing Pakistan's civilian leadership have the potential to impact the stability of the government. And it says the government's failure to respond adequately to the recent flood disaster has sent public confidence to new lows. The White House report's findings echo doubts voiced by administration officials in a new book by Bob Woodward. At one point, he quotes President Obama as saying, we need to make clear to people that the cancer is in Pakistan. Well, there you go. So now what we're essentially doing is we're gearing up Congress, we're gearing up the American public, and I'll tell you why in a moment, because that also was in the news today. We're gearing up everyone to understand that the true evil nation is Pakistan. And now there's, yeah. yeah. Well, and, Go on, I, well, I agree with this. Okay, and uh, so we had the trial in New York City of the uh, New York City, uh, the Times Square bomber, right? Yeah. So... This guy, now all of a sudden he's not just the Times Square bomber with an SUV, now he's the Pakistani guy. It's the Pakistani right. guy, the Pakistani guy. And, and when you look at the report, and there's a, uh, I'm not going to play, well, actually I might, we, well, I, I don't want to interrupt your flow, but um, when you look at the report uh, that's in the show notes at noagendashow.com, and you'll see a picture of the guy, who looks kind of, you know, he's brown, but he has kind of a, you know, like a, a little beard and a mustache. But then you see the court drawings, because, of course, they didn't, you know, you can only have uh, cameras in the court if it's Lindsay Lohan. You can't have cameras in the court if it's a guy who tr- you apparently tried to blow up uh, New York City. I mean, no, no, we can't have cameras in then. Only if it's Lindsay Lohan with the boobs hanging out and, and, and getting her, uh, her Gitmo jewelry. 
the the drawings show the guy with like this huge like Taliban beard and he's got his <laughs> Taliban cap on and his towel around his head and and, and it's, it's in the same report and you look at it you go like this is is almost not the same guy so it's it's projecting an image onto you it's from CNN projecting an image of this guy is scary this is Pakistan bad 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 so it's on two ends one is we've got to gear the American public up to make sure that homegrown terrorism is American Pakistanis and this is happening everywhere by the way and then we have to gear Congress up hey you know the yeah, man these Pakistan they're not playing games they're not playing along with the program there's also a couple of things interesting about, but by the way, the, he also made a bunch of commentary uh, on the witness stand about the death of death to America kind of thing. Yeah, and you have to wonder whether this is a show, a uh, uh, Broadway show that we're witnessing totally. on this guy. You know, they, they gave him life imprisonment and all the rest of it. But but there was a couple of things that she mentioned in uh, Warner mentioned in the in her report. It just casually throws it in that the Afghan soldiers don't want to fight the Taliban. Or the Al-Qaeda forces. Yeah, because they are... Uh, wait, wait, wait. What Al-Qaeda forces are we talking about? Uh, that's Do the they have an army? Yes. The Al-Qaeda yes. army? Yes, the, the, it's the Al-Qaeda of the Arabian Peninsula. AQAP. Which apparently, well, that's not even anywhere near Pakistan. But that's what's in the... What, they, they commute? That's, they come in from <laughs> Yemen? Yes, on high-speed rail. <laughs> that's exactly what's in the Woodward book. I'm not making it up. Who I'm are re- these guys? Do they have? A, I mean, who are who it's is the huge Al Qaeda forces? John, you should know. You have links to Al Qaeda. You have who links. Are the Al Qaeda forces. We all have links to Al Qaeda at NoAgendaShow.com. There's links in the show notes to Al Qaeda. Links yeah. in the show notes. You guys have links to Al Qaeda. <laughs> we all yeah, have we links to Al Qaeda now. You're screwed with your link to Al Qaeda. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And they're also going after the civilian. They got to get rid of the civilian government. She she made disparaging remarks, and yep. I guess Woodward probably does too. Yep. And they got to go back to a military junta running Pakistan, which is apparently what we're promoting. This is a, you know this is one of our we don't like you know for a democratic uh, republic that we are we really don't like little democracies cropping up here and there because they uh, you know they vote in people that are uh, unstable. Let's put in the military. Let them run the place. So by Sunday for the ten 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 show, I'll have read the entire book, and then I can make more of an assessment. But it's it's hard to read because it's just like it it, it reads like a briefing. It really does. Like this is what you should believe. This is how it went. And Obama's a great guy. That it actually says it's, <laughs> Obama's a great guy. He really is. He's a great guy. And he gave Bob Woodward this uh, interview on July tenth of this year, three months ago, and uh, already the uh, book is printed. It's amazing how Bob Woodward can get that done. I don't know if any other book that can uh, get out there that quickly. Yeah, just in time for the elections and the rest of it. Fantastic. So, uh, so it has definitely come out before the invasion. Oh, yeah. But there's, there's going to be an invasion. We're going to need more troops. So we're gonna, we're gonna, we are going to send troops into Pakistan. Something has to happen, some kind of false flag event where it's going to be clear Pakistan now has to be taken out. No doubt about it. Yeah, there's been a lot of messaging, and we discussed it in previous shows, where they they basically say, look, look, if something happens and it's traced back to Pakistan, it's not going to be pretty. Yeah, literally, literally that. Okay, I want to thank everyone who's been sending in uh, information about the Stuxnet virus. 
And uh, so now there's all kinds of companies that have been infected by this thing. Of course, it's being spun in the news as, oh, this is going to blow up the Iranian nuclear uh, nuclear plant. Well, it's bull crap. There's a uh, several Dutch multinationals have been infected by the Stuxnet virus, now admitted in the news, notes in noagendashow.com, uh, anonymously from a Fortune 500 IT manager at a Fortune 500 company. Uh, Adam, listening to the latest show, heard you want some input from sysadmins regarding Stuxnet. I work for a Fortune 500 company. I know which one it is. I can't mention it. As an internal tech support specialist, we were infected by this thing a few months back. I can attest to it being a real pain in the ass, as well as to its existence in the wild. Within 10 minutes of it infecting a single laptop in Denver, it spread to servers from Jersey to Hawaii. Like you mentioned on the show, it exploited a flaw that was triggered by simply viewing an icon, at which point it copied itself to the root of every drive attached to the computer, including network drives, Bloody blah, blah, blah. So this thing is everywhere. It is just a regular old virus. But I, I, if anything, if anything, John, I think that this thing is just, is, it's propaganda. And, the, and a lot of people who know about these programmable logic controllers, the PLCs that are supposed to infect, that are made by Siemens, by the way. The Siemens could not be more in, involved in the government than any other company out there. A lot of guys are saying, you know, these PLCs, they really control big oil things like pipelines and, and uh, where you know, the oil has to be switched from one pipe to the other. Uh, and and it, huge distributed networks of stuff not really used that often in nuclear facilities. So, And then I got my own version of bullshit as CNET comes out with, you know, first of all, CNET, fuck you. All right? I hate you. Eleanor Mills who wrote Stuxnet, fact versus theory. Because whenever someone comes out and says fact versus theory, please beware. And the thing that I hate the most is now there's this new meme, PLCs, programmable logic controllers, also used in aircraft, by the way. Uh, probably Airbus. Oh, right. Yeah, no, I've noticed this meme show up, which okay. is the fact that... It's the dead, yeah. it's the dead foot meme, okay? Now, I just want to explain why this... Because I don't know much about nothing. I do know something about aviation, which is the only thing I can really pin this on. So this dead foot thing, I guess there's a code in there somewhere that says 0XDEADF007, which, and now Symantec, uh, this is the Symantec report, which indicates when a process has reached its final state. The report suggests that it may refer to dead fool or dead foot, which refers to engine failure in an airplane. Okay, CNET, bullshit, bullshit. Let me explain dead foot. It is called dead foot, dead engine. This is in a twin engine aircraft. If one engine fails, which by the way doesn't mean you lose 50% of your, of your uh, thrust capability. It's more like 20%. If one engine fails, the foot that is depressed uh, on the pedals um, that does nothing... Uh, signifies the dead engine so if you need to know i mean it's 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 one of these things that you it's like gumps you know when uh that which is an abbreviation for your checklist that you run in your head before you land which you yeah, your gear undercarriage all the stuff your mixture uh it's called gump so dead dead foot dead engine does not indicate engine failure we're going to die no it indicates it it's a thing that pilots have hammered into their brain so they can so they know ah this is the dead foot that's the dead engine doesn't mean engine failure, and this meme is now propagating, and CNET is doing that, and they're full of crap. And this there whole no pilots over there. Of course not. 
Well, I think there are probably, but um, but the whole point is this is this is there's so many things in here that are you know like the the Iranian guy who was assassinated on a date. I mean, this it's a joke. It's a joke. Well, but boil it down for us. You're just you're throwing your shotgunning us here. Okay, I believe that this is a, first of all the thing has been out there since 2009. It went out. It didn't do much. Um, uh, it got recompiled and relaunched, and now it's uh, it's it's actually a very successful virus taking day uh, uh, advantage of the zero day exploit, which is something Microsoft just needs to patch. And they just filled it up with memes and stuff for for people to uh, pull apart and then t- and then connect it to primarily the Iranian nuclear facility. I'm amazed that they haven't uh, put a Pakistan thing in there. And that and let me let me tell you this that'll show up next. Someone's well, going to definitely got the planes good train or trains good planes Wait, bad yeah. meme, Wait. which is that dead foot thing. The whole thing is nothing more than a meme. It what it does is it infects stuff. And yeah, it it it, it can it, it contacts like some foosball server in, in wherever it is and sends off, you know, some kind of data. It doesn't destroy the system. It supposedly is going to destroy it on June 24th, 2012. The world is going to end. It's a meme machine. That's all it is. A meme machine and everything else is bullcrap. And it was discovered by Virus Blockada. Oh, they're the ones who named it? You finally figured this out? Yes. And uh, they did not have a Wikipedia entry up until a week ago. Amazing. Uh The guys who discovered it in 2009 didn't have a Wikipedia entry. All of a sudden it shows up. Uh, Virus Blockada is an antivirus vendor established in 1997 in Belarus. Hey, where was Symantec and all these great guys? In 2010, it discovered Stuxnet as the first malware that attacks supervisory control and data acquisition systems. It's bullcrap. It's a pain in the ass for people who have to maintain large installs of Windows machines. And Microsoft, quite frankly, should be ashamed of themselves. They should get all these zero-day exploits patched ASAP because it's a Microsoft issue. Micro, the, if, if the government's really worried about this, Steve Ballmer should be in the White House right now. But he's not. Wow. Brunch should play the pet peeve of the day. You really think it's worth that? I think it was a pet peeve. I don't know if it's a... Um, all right, I'll play the pet peeve. Hey, uh, Gitmo Nation Lowlands has a government. No. Oh, yeah. And it's funny. It's a minority government. (laughs) (laughs) How does that work? It's a minority coalition. So actually, uh, the minority is now running the country. So the, the guys who, like, had the most votes... They didn't form a government. It's it's it's, so it's like a difference of half a million half a million votes, but it's a minority government. It is the uh, the guys who had uh, the most votes. The uh, Fefide, which is the uh, right, I guess, kind of the centers. Well, more right wing, and the Christian Democrats. I told you the Christian Democrats had to be in there because they run the justice system with all their pedophiles in there, and Geert Wilders is not who who received 25% of the vote is not in the government uh he's doing a very dutch thing which is called a gedoogbeleid uh which is exactly the same word that is used for the policy on uh, soft drugs and marijuana because it is uh, contrary to popular belief it is not legal in the netherlands but it is accepted gedoogd 
So uh, Geert Wilders and uh, his party uh, have said, oh, you know what? Uh, okay, we, uh, we will agree with this minority government, and, but we're not actually going to sit in it, which now, of course, proves that the guy was a plant uh, from whomever uh, just to shake things up and keep the ruling elites in place. Because it's the Christian Democrats who have who've been running the show for eight years. They're still in there, and they still get all the important ministries, including the justice system. I, I told you. I told you that they will not be cut out because the pedophiles run the show in the justice system. Completely rampant of pedo bear. And now they're in, and everyone's going like, oh, yeah, whatever. Oh, yeah, that's great. we got government. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Mm-hmm. I think you've, you've nailed it. So I don't have much else. I got a couple of clips left where we can use them next time. But I do have one that was kind of funny to lighten things up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, great. So I'm watching uh, Grit TV with the, that weird Laura Flanders who reminds me of uh, Lyndon LaRouche. And she has the, the Daily Coast guy on whose name is unpronounceable. Isn't it, is it Coast? No, it's not coast. It's some something, and he's talking about how the uh, unctuously talking about how the Republicans are screwing up left and right. And then he has this weird assertion that one of the guys running for the Senate uh, has come out and said that I'm going to destroy social. People have said that I'm going to destroy social security, and they're right. Really? He said, well, that's what he says. And then, and, then, and then Flanders says, yes, and we have proof that you're right when you say this. And then they play a clip that, has not, that doesn't say that at all. Okay. Let's and look. then she comes back and says, there it is, proof positive. <laughs> it's weird. It's like, are they even listening to this guy? The science is in. It's, it's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. I was just like, what are you? It's like. It's baffling to me. Are they are they in some other dimension? Am I missing something? Tell me if I'm missing something here. Play this. Uh, but then you have people like Christine O'Donnell and Ron Johnson in Wisconsin who come out and suddenly they're 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 not they're tired of being pandered to. They're tired of dog whistle politics. They want their agenda in full bloom. So you have Ron Johnson in Wisconsin basically saying yes to the camera in an ad. My opponents accusing me of wanting to destroy Social Security. Well, let me tell you, it's true. You know what? Just so you know that Coase is telling the truth here. That Marcos is telling the truth here. Here's that very ad. Take a look. Guess what's coming in Russ Feingold's negative campaign? He's going to tell you I said Washington treats Social Security like a Ponzi scheme. You know what? I did say that because it's true. Russ Feingold and politicians of both parties raided the Social Security trust fund of trillions and left seniors in IOU. They spent the money. It's gone. So there you go. Evidence. Uh, yeah. I'm not- what? Wait a minute. You can play the whole thing again. No, wait. First he says he's going to end Social Security. No, destroy. Destroy. He doesn't say that at all. He says it's been destroyed. It doesn't exist. That's what he says. Yeah. And then then this, what is this Grit TV? Who owns this outfit? Uh, Some communists. I have no idea. (laughs) Some fucking commies. (laughs) I'm telling you. Play it again. I'm telling you, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Okay. Uh, but then you have people like Christine O'Donnell and Ron Johnson in Wisconsin who come out and suddenly they're, 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 not, they're tired of being pandered to. They're tired of dog whistle politics. They want their agenda in full bloom. So you have Ron Johnson in Wisconsin basically saying yes to the camera in an ad. My opponent's accusing me of wanting to destroy Social Security. Well, let me tell you, it's true. You know- All right, so, so what we're waiting to hear is him saying yes 
My opponents say I'm going to destroy Social Security, and yes, it's true. That's what this ad is supposed to say. Yeah. Okay. What? Just so you know that Coase is telling the truth here, that Marcos is telling the truth here. Uh, just so you know. Oh, oh, oh. Ministry of Truth. It's the truth. Is that very ad. Take a look. Guess what's coming in Russ Feingold's negative campaign? He's going to tell you I said Washington treats Social Security like a Ponzi scheme. You know what? I did say that because it's true. Russ Feingold and politicians of both parties raided the Social Security trust fund of trillions and left seniors in IOU. They spent the money. It's gone. So there you go. Evidence. Uh, yeah, I'm not evidence that you said the truth. Crazy. It's crazy. It's unbelievable to me. That's yeah, crazy. I got something funny from Gitmo Nation East that is a, a continuing meme that is still out there. And uh, <laughs> we're to blame, John, you and I, and the rest of the slaves here in these United States of America for the bed bug epidemic worldwide. It's all our fault, and now it has spread to the United Kingdom. Bed bugs are tiny bloodsuckers that were all but eradicated in the Western world 50 years ago. Or so they thought. Over the past decade, the bugs have infested every state in America. It's all our fault. They've infested every state in America. Are they really bloodsuckers? They suck blood? Yeah, yeah, they're blood. Yeah, but like a mosquito. They're bloodsuckers. And there's evidence it's spreading to the UK. Scientists Good. say they're more resistant <laughs> to pesticides. They breed better in our warmer houses. Yeah. And they hitchhike around on our clothes as we fly around the world. In New York, bugs close Nike Town on the exclusive Fifth Avenue and reach the basement of the Empire State Building. There's been a national summit there to talk about the problem, and dogs are being trained to sniff them out. Bed bug sniffing dogs? I've never heard of that. That's news to me. There is one piece of good news. The bites can be very nasty, but unlike mosquitoes, the bugs don't spread disease. Yet. So, um, so there's a saying, which is, and I, I tried to look up the etymology of this: "Sleep tight, don't let the bed bugs bite." Yeah. So it's an old, old phrase. It's a very, very old phrase. Have bed bugs been? I mean, was it? Were people afraid of bed bugs back in the day when this phrase was I used? I guess there's always been bed bugs, but the, the funny note in that particular report, British report, was they're they're more amenable to our warmer houses. Yeah. Do the Brits have warmer houses than Americans, or do you always have their temperature turned up? Apparently. I didn't know that. Yeah. I always thought it was colder there. Yeah, I thought that most people couldn't afford coal. Yeah, we can't even burn coal anymore. It, you know, speaking of such, uh, there's a report uh, granted from Russia today that uh, they're expecting the coldest winter in a thousand yeah. years. I saw that. Do you think that's true? I mean, it's just Russian today. I mean, Russia today is like bogus, you know, who knows? It's like, basically, the, it's not even as good as the Inquirer. Uh. <laughs> All right, we, we got we to gotta end this show. Uh, yeah, although, I, I do want to play this clip, which has been doing the rounds. Now, this is Bill Gates um, on, the, on TED. And I thought, I thought this was an old clip. Maybe it's not an old clip, because I don't re- remember, or maybe I didn't catch it the first time where he's talking about CO2 emissions, and of course, for Bill Gates... The science is in! Way in for him. Yeah, we, yeah of we, course, he's a big... Now they're big... Now the Gates Foundation is big supporters of Monsanto and Cargill, yeah, which Car- we'll talk yeah, about in a future yeah, show. Yeah, Cargill, sure. we definitely have to lay off Monsanto and start going after Cargill, because these Monsanto's messed it up for themselves. Cargill are the real evil dudes. We've got to figure out them now. 
Um, so he's so he he has his equation up on the screen, and he says, "Okay, CO two is you know p p times s times c times e or something like that." With the p being the population, and he says we have to reduce the science is in. We have to reduce carbon emission CO two to zero, not just a little bit. We have to reduce it to zero. So he makes a little funny math joke. He says, obviously, in this equation, one of these has to go to zero. Now, listen to what he says about the population. And, and, and tell me if I'm just perceiving this wrong, but it sounds to me like he wants to kill people with vaccinations. Maybe I'm wrong. Let's listen to the clip. This equation has four factors, a little bit of multiplication. So you've got a thing on the left, CO2, that you want to get to zero. And that's going to be based on the number of people, the services each person's using on average, the energy on average for each service, and the CO2 being put out uh, per unit of energy. So let's look at each one of these and see how we can get this down to zero. Uh, probably one of these numbers is going to have to get pretty near to zero. Uh, that's back from high school algebra. But let's, let's take a look. Uh, first, we've got population. Uh, the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. Am I reading this wrong, or is he saying if we do a really good job, we'll have less people? Well, you know, the funny thing is it seems to me if, if you want to lower the population, you don't want to vaccinate anyone for anything using the logic that vaccines keep, keep people alive. Right. So the logic is, is skewed, and it's, it's flawed, and it's got all kinds of issues. He has said in other situations, sit-downs, and we've had a couple of these, these, these clips on the show where he makes allusions to, like, population control and, you know, getting less people. And, and his argument about the vaccines, I forgot what it was, but he has some crazy argument that if you vaccinate people and the, and, and the kids don't all drop dead, then the, these cultures won't have this desire to just crank kids out knowing that half of them are going to die, which is a really a logical fallacy in some <laughs> yeah, funny way. Yeah, it doesn't make that much sense to me. But, yeah, well, you know, he's, I don't know what, what's going on, but they're, uh, that operation is, uh, is, is getting a little disconcerting. He should go back and fix the zero-day exploit. Do something productive, Bill. Yeah, well, he's you know supposedly out of there now, so who knows? So I'm actually kicking myself that uh, last week after the show ended, you uh, and I and Mimi actually had an amazing conversation about uh, this lie, and this is only for the slaves in in North America. This lie about tax cuts for the rich, which uh, finally I understood it because I was so on board, I was so programmed that I I, I really thought that there were tax cuts that were only for rich people in america and i ignored it because i'm not because i don't make over two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year and i just i'm just like eh, whatever screw yeah eat the rich whatever you know tax cuts for the rich and but i didn't understand that this actually is a lie and and i just want to pick up on it real quick because a lot of people sent me emails and said really you didn't know i said no i i was totally programmed i was psyoped into believing that george bush came up with a bunch of tax cuts which are expiring in 85 days from now that uh, were only for rich people but that's not true these are these were tax cuts for everybody but uh it's being lied about on television and everyone's just propagating the meme because they don't they don't investigate it they don't they don't look into it they're just reading the teleprompter 
and uh, and the only way it would be tax cuts for the rich if Congress enacted some kind of new rule that said, okay, these uh, tax cuts will expire only for the rich. That then it would be tax cuts for the rich, but it's not that because there's no rule. Correct? Well, I, I know what you just said was like <laughs> that then there'd be then there'd be no tax cuts for the rich. No, what we talked about oh, under is, under two hundred fifty thousand. That's what I meant. Yeah. Go ahead, well, explain whatever. it. What's, what's amazing to me is that I it's got duped. The, I got duped into, into believing that there actually were tax cuts for the rich. Well, it was coming from the Democrats as a political talking point. You should have known it was bullcrap. Yeah, but I didn't know tax, it, was it was such a tax huge cuts lie. For, what they, what they, what the, the proper term should be the tax cuts for everybody, including the rich, which is what it is. It's tax cuts for everybody, and the rich happen to be in, in the category of everybody. Except the, 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 reason, the way that it's being said, tax cuts for the rich, is if and only if there would be new rules put in place that says everyone under $250,000 annual income will maintain these, these tax cuts and the rich won't. Yeah, that's what, the, that's what the Democrats have decided finally to do, if they can. But the Republicans are saying no, because unfortunately, the over 250 includes most small businesses. And most, and most congressmen and senators, by the way. Well, they, they can deal with their <laughs> own problems. But it's mostly small businesses that are making, you know, scrimping. And they're just going to have their, t- you know, they're going to be screwed. I mean, we're, we're doing nothing but promoting large corporations in this country. And tax cuts for the rich meme is is part of it. It's not a meme. It's a lie. Okay. The, the, well, it's a meme. As a lie, a lie can be a meme. But I, I'm just I'm, I'm amazed at myself after doing the show for over two and a half years that I totally bought into it. I, I'm better than that. Well, I see. I, I, everyone assumed you didn't. Well, I didn't understand it, and that's why I'm so happy. And so if I didn't understand it, there has to be a lot of people out there who don't understand that it's a lie, that it's not true. It, 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 it's, just, it, it's not being talked about in that way. As it, it, it's, people just need to say, that's a lie. It was tax cuts for everybody. It's a lie. It's a lie. Why can't people just say it's a lie? Uh, yeah, no, I'm under, yeah. Okay, well, you're, you're absolved. Anyway, there's a couple of links in the show notes at noagendashow.com, which you need to take a look at because then you can see that uh, unless something is done and these tax cuts are just allowed to expire, uh, everybody gets screwed. And in fact, the 10% bracket goes to 15%. That's the the lowest of the low. Yeah, and everyone gets totally screwed if they pull the plug on these. Higher taxes on marriage and family, the, the child tax credit gets cut in half. Of course, the death tax comes back. That that is uh, that's funny. Uh, higher the the capital gains tax. If you save money, goes from fifteen to twenty percent. I mean, just wow. It's it's a big wow. Okay, I'm sorry. I I I just had to bring it up again. Maybe people think it's boring or whatever. But I, to me, yeah. Well, you seem flabbergasted by. I the am thing. flabbergasted by myself. That this is being propagated, and you can walk down the street and ask anyone, what is the tax cuts for the rich? And they'll say, well, Bush uh, cut a deal for all his rich buddies. And they're too stupid to understand that they're being lied to, as I was. Well, you're not in, now you've got it. <laughs> it took me a while, but yeah, now I've got it. I'm just, I'm flabbergasted. And thank Give me, me your tin. <laughs> uh, I now do solemnly swear to uphold the laws of the land and the Constitution to protect it from enemies from without and from within. Oh, by the way, that's Washington. 
All right, everybody, enjoy your freedom. Just remember that you do have links to Al-Qaeda in the show notes at noagendashow.com. You're all linked to Al-Qaeda somehow. And Sunday, we will have our special 10-10-10 show, which uh, will bring everybody lots of super-duper karma. Yeah, we hope. Yeah, we hope. And there should be uh, an email in your uh, box if you've ever uh, signed up for our newsletters. And we appreciate all the support. This has got to be a big one for us uh, because, uh, <laughs> quite frankly... Because the must suck so far. Yeah, it does. And there's a lot, <laughs> lot of crap going on. Coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West, the People's Republic of Southern California, AA, where we're scanning all our kids. Biometric. It's not like fingerprint. I'm Adam Curry. And uh, from... At least so far, a swine flu free northern Silicon Valley. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back on Sunday, 10 10 10, with no agenda. <laughs>